Hello, hello. We're going to be covering the story of Isaac, or maybe it's not even, I forgot who the characters are now, Jacob, Leah, and Rachel. All these stories kind of come together. I had an epiphany last time that, you know, you always think, like Mark said, you always think of stuff after the podcast is over. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I thought of some stuff. Hi, Mark. Hello. How are you? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I know it's early for you. I'm I'm just waking up. (laughs) <laughs> what a great way to wake up yeah the bible <laughs> jump, right. jump into the bible study on a Perfect. podcast <laughs> yeah and i actually ended up sleeping so like now i'm wide awake um but i thought of a whole bunch of stuff last time we did a couple of our podcasts and i forgot a few of them but the one thing that i remembered like right after we finished i like oh i finally got you know the significance of that story jacob and esau with the trading of the bowl of soup, the birthright. I think I figured out why that story is even there at all, other than the fact that it's dramatic storytelling. I think the reason why like it's making uh, God is kind of saying to the world that you are trading your inheritance for something very little and significant as soup. Like I am giving you eternal life for those who are willing to come to me. I will give you everything but then those that are you know like okay i want everything what the world offers it's quick i'm hungry or um i need this or i need that and i will trade it away because i don't value what you have to say or what you have to give yeah yeah that's a great point it's like a instant gratification yeah instead of uh, eternal eternal life yeah we see that a lot in the old testament as well or the new testament just uh, all the various um, things we're not supposed to do, right? Are, you know those kind of things. Like we trade our birthright for the for the yeah. temporary pleasures of this world. Is that kind of what you're you're talking yep. about? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So that would be like the Esau of the unsaved versus the saved versus you know what Jacob wanting to get. And, bless. And, and Jacob, Jacob was deceiving him. Jacob's kind of a uh, kind of a con artist, I think. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about Jacob a lot, and because at first you read these uh, stories in the Bible, especially in Genesis, and you're like, "Wait a minute! I thought these were supposed to be the good guys," you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, these are the patriarchs, you know. And then it's like Jacob really is a con artist. So so Esau was he was also deceived, right? So in a way, yeah. that's kind of his punishment as well. Which is a kind of a an insight I've had the last couple of years, really, is that being deceived is kind of a punishment. It's kind of a judgment yeah. if you're deceived. We're not supposed right. to be deceived. You but know, it shows that we don't that. care about the truth so much. You know. Yeah. Well, you just gave us another epiphany, which is the deception of like if we're comparing Esau to the unsaved. What happens at the last days? They get deceived, right? There's a deception by God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Deception because they don't they don't love the truth. So uh, right. God, God, God even kind of blinds them, kind of seals them off. You know, because they they're all they all they already have chose. They've made their choice already. Really. Yeah. So the other thing that I was thinking about this week, and that's just random, but it was a thought in my head. You know, as a woman, I'm here trying to do the Bible studies with you. But you know, like, you know, there's a struggle with the whole church and like women aren't not allowed to do this or that or teach. Now, although I'm not claiming to be anything 
ministering in any way. This is just strictly uh, reading the Bible study together where you're actually teaching. But in this, in the back of my mind, I had that thought, like, you know, what if I'm not doing this the way I should be doing? One of the things that came up as I was Googling was that, remember the story about the woman at the well? You actually brought that up, that she was the first person to be witnessed or knew that God was God at that moment, right? Jesus, yeah, yeah, Jesus told her. Yeah. yeah, someone pointed out that she was like the, basically the first woman to spread the gospel because she was the first woman to knew, and then she went in all her community to talk about God. Is that? Oh it? yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah, totally yeah, yeah. I mean that that I mean that's a whole separate episode if you yeah want to go down that rabbit hole. But that's about women in ministry. But I, my understanding right now, and I did uh, actually kind of study this recently um because it's a topic in in the study but uh is that it's more of a organizational hi hierarchy kind of thing yeah you know like you're not supposed to have authority over the men you're not supposed right. to be like the president or the uh you know the, the 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 leader of the church and everyone else reports to you you know that kind of thing yeah because because then uh you know then someone then a woman would go home and then the husband is the authority at the home it's just a hierarchy you know yeah, everyone's kind of equal in certain ways, but it's it's just an organizational hierarchy, like a chain of command kind of thing. But everything's based on service and love and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's not an authoritarian uh, type of hierarchy, but it's um, but it's yeah, the it's, it's, it's is okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we're really just two. I'm not an official teacher either. Really, you know, we're just two people uh, reading the Bible and making some comments. <clears throat> Yeah, but I, I think you do have a little bit more authority to speak since you're studying all this stuff, too. And the only reason I and thought... I'm a man. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because people listen, and I think it's having an impact. So that's why I got a little bit uh, looking at Well, something it. to look out. I mean, there are examples of women teaching in the Bible, actually. Yeah. And well, we don't have to go down that uh, no. that path right now because you know you, and there's there's certain things Paul says about certain situations and there's um, you know they're, they're in the, even in the Old Testament the, the I think it's in Leviticus somewhere it says the the women should teach their children the Torah right right but that's you know you could say well it's their own children only well who knows really but uh, there are in in one of the uh, early convert it was. Um, I forget the guy's name now. Um, one of the early converts in the somewhere in the New Testament was a bit confused about something, and then a woman explained something to him about yeah. Jesus. Again, like the woman at the well. So it's not like women are just supposed to not talk about, you know, God or the Bible. You're not supposed to talk at all, ever, <laughs> about anything. Well, you know, it's not. I feel like I mean, it wasn't even my choice. I mean, it you is could take that to an extreme, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, uh, but that's yeah, how a lot long... of people talk, you know, like, oh my gosh, just yeah. like never, ever. I'm like, okay, well, I hate to be doing something that God doesn't want, but I feel like he's kind of groomed me up until now to get here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's an emotionally charged, it's, it's a very touchy subject, you know, and, um, you know, it's best just to kind of, uh, you know, look into it and not go to any extremes, but uh you know, there are some limitations, I think, but it's not so much involving, uh, you know, well, what we're doing here, I, th I think. so. Yeah. Well, that's good, because all I want to do is just 
finish these educational series, not only for others, but for myself too, you know, I think I learned a lot as we talk about it and get through it. Yeah. It's always, so I'm always surprised kind of at, uh, what we talk about because it's not really uh you don't think it's directly related like we think we know these stories we've read it before but um there's always kind of some new insights to yeah. be gained yeah i'm kind of putting the picture together as you know god had put all the stuff in there and that how it kind of relates to every generation because he picked specific oh, yeah. people, specific stories in 4,000 or plus years, right? And is is kind of carrying that history. And then, you know, like now the world has changed so much. I'm sure we don't recognize anything what would have been the past. Oh, I do remember one thing that I wanted to bring up from the last time. Remember when Abraham, we were talking about when he bought the land, when he said something about standard commercial measurement. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what that told me? That told me that even though 4,000 plus years ago, they were basically the same type of people as we are now doing the same type of stuff. I mean, the procedures might have changed, you know, what they actually, how they did it. It's the same stuff. Like they were making a transaction. Neanderthals don't make transactions. It is the same type of people that we are today. I thought that was kind of relevant. At least it didn't, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me until after the podcast, like, wait, there are exactly doing commercial transactions back then as they are right now. So they will probably be the same sophistication level, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. The same intelligence. Yeah. Very similar. They just, they didn't have, uh, you know, some of the technology we have, but uh, you know, they, they had the, I think they had a lot more technology than we realize actually for the most part. They were pretty clever, you know? And uh you know, and, and all these other, you know, all the Canaanite nations and Egypt was quite advanced, you know, and they were doing all kinds of occult stuff. So they were getting all this kind of secret knowledge from uh, various sources, you know, so. So imagine the same type of people back then, but then Abraham was directly connected to God. That's the missing thing that we're not really seeing today, or it's, it's indifferent. I mean, I, I guess it's the Holy Spirit and believers Back then, like he was able to talk to God and figure all this stuff out while he's doing normal everyday stuff. Yeah. All right. So now we're still uh, <clears throat> talking about Jacob, the the con artist, <laughs> and he's on the run now. <laughs> he's on the run. As eventually, that's what happens to con artists, right? They have to they have to get Ever. out of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he so landed a pretty good spot. It's an interesting story. What happens to him? Do you, right, want so who, the... you want me to read? Yeah. All right, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, chapter 28. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. Then he charged him and said to him, You must not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to, which is like the 10th time he said this, right? In fact, go back. Can you go back up to the previous chapter real quick? Yep. Just, I think the last verse is actually kind of connected to the first verse of the next one. So then Rebecca said to Isaac, I am tired of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob, so that's like a Canaanite <clears throat> woman. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth, such as these, who I think it's the Hittites actually, um, yeah. who are who are of the daughters of the land. What good is my life? What good will my life be to me? So it was a really big deal, you know, not to uh, 
In fact, my uh, the ESV says Hittite women. Both my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, what good will my life be to me? So it's like a really, really big deal. So I just wonder, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff going on there regarding these Hittites and the Canaanites and all this stuff. I Definitely. know they didn't favor them, but I think God also didn't favor those groups. These were, yeah, generally speaking, I mean, they were... Uh, they were the people doing the abominations, right? Yeah. Which are the same abominations people do today, actually. They keep it a little more secret, you know, but... Uh, so let me ask you this question related to the Hittite, the Canaanites, and all the other Hites. Um, If they were allowed to think like, okay, these are not the right type of people, they didn't want to marry in them, they wanted to get away from all of them, and then... Our commandment today is to love everyone. Is it really everyone or is it everyone that's in God's covenant? If you compare <laughs> that with, you know, because there's people doing this kind of stuff today too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, we're supposed to kind of, um, we're supposed to be blame blameless before God, right? So we don't go around um, committing genocide or anything like that. Um, like some of like in the in these in the in the holy wars, for lack of a better word. Um, I mean that's kind of a different topic, actually. Yeah. Let's um let's talk about that when we get into like um the stories of Joshua and the armies okay. going into the land. Because that's yeah. they actually go in, but they quite often they're actually attacked first, but um that's I a little too much simple. for me, right? I haven't had enough yeah. coffee for that one. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I did spring it on you. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just, uh, I know it's going to be a future topic because I always wondered, like, yeah. is global love, is that the same thing? Yeah, because they're not really killing. They're not. Well, it's interesting, though, because they're not, they're not really killing. I mean, there's been a few wars, a few battles with the Canaanites and all these guys. But right now, it's like, don't marry. Don't marry those people. Right. Right. Don't marry them. So they're not talking about exterminating them right now. They're talking about just avoid them. You know, don't marry them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not um, even referring so. to extermination either, because I think that now is pretty much set that the only people that are going to get exterminated are the saints. That's the reverse of, you know. Well, uh, well, in, in, in this life. Yeah. But for yeah. eternal, the, 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 the wicked people get, ex well, they get, they get judged, you know, yeah. they, they go to the lake of fire and all that stuff but anyway okay so let's just let's focus on this right now <laughs> you know, I, all right so uh so number two verse two arise go to padang aram to the house of bethuel your mother's father and take for yourself a wife from there from the daughters of laban your mother's brother May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you so that you may become a multitude of people. May he give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land where you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Now, now these people are not real. These people are kind of pagans as well, by the way. Yeah. Right? So this almost does seem like a bloodline thing because there are, remember the Rephaim? Remember the Rephaim? Yeah. Descendants of the Nephilim. Right. We're all over, you know, all over the land. And so he's saying, go to Abraham, saying, go to my people. You know, and they're, they're not God followers. 
these these cousins and distant relatives uh, necessarily because we do see later on they have a some kind they're practicing idolatry so it is kind of interesting there there may be a kind of a there does seem to be a kind of a a, a genetic thing going on or a biological aspect to this as well possibly as many people believe yeah, I think so, because each line, um, God carried that through. So now it's Abraham descendants through Abraham, which he only picked Jacob to carry that and not Esau. And like you said, uh, later on, I think it does show that they worshiped other gods because Rebecca stole the gods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So it's not, they're not like necessarily like righteous people. Right. They're just not, and there's so there's something different. There, let's say that they're all kind of say. Let's say this family. Let's say Abraham's relatives are worshiping the same gods as the other Canaanites. Yeah. Yet there's some kind of different. Like, what's the difference between them? There's something is different. Something's. I think the genetic line. Well, God also said that He hated Esau um, for whatever he did or didn't do. I think that genetically. He cast that line out, and then he chose Jacob for a reason. And didn't you say that he named renamed him as Israel like that? Later on, yeah, in a few chapters, we're going to see that, yeah. All right, well, let's just see what happens here. All right, so Esau saw that Isaac, Esau, so here's Esau again. Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take for himself a wife from there, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge saying, you must not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob obeyed his father and that his mother had gone to Padan, and his mother and had gone to Padan Aram. Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan did not please Isaac, his father. Like finally, they told him many times not to do that, <laughs> but he did it anyway. So, uh, so Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth. So in this addition to the wives he had. Idea. Well, so he's kind of trying to imitate what Jacob's doing. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll get a I'll get a wife from from Abraham's family, right? I'll do that yeah. too. Is what he's doing from Ishmael. But he took the daughter from Ishmael, which was not the promised. Yeah, wife. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just kind of he's like trying to please his parents. He's trying to do something right, but not really succeeding necessarily. And he's got a bunch of other Canaanite and Hittite wives already. Yeah, and I think he didn't please the father because he took the daughters of Canaan. I think that answers it because it wasn't possible to bless his line the same way as Jacob because he was going against God and he was choosing women that was not from the promised Isaac. Yeah, and the seed, you know, this whole concept of seed is so important, right? It's Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not just about their, you know, finding the right wife to have a good life and all that kind of stuff. They have some kind of uh, divine mission, you know, to, yep. to establish a kingdom of God, actually. And that's what we're going to see that, you know, that's kind of the underlying theme, uh, God establishing his kingdom on earth through these people, getting these people to kind of do the, uh, the hard labor <laughs> to a certain yeah. degree. The, these, these misfits. Both both Esau and Jacob are incredibly flawed human beings. Oh yeah, they all are. You know, it's interesting. If Jacob is going to become Israel, but then he's having kids with multiple women, 
do all their lines carry through or was it just one out of all? No, of there's always like a choke in the Bible kind of tells us there's always kind of a, a main, a main line. Yeah. The, the main, um, cause, cause, cause it's all kind of leading to, uh, to Jesus actually really, Yeah. you know, King David all that kind of stuff. All right. So, uh, so now this is the interesting part right here. This is the, uh, what they call the Jacob's ladder. But it may be more of a stairway, actually. A lot of scholars these days say, because uh, it's a Hebrew word that's only used once in the entire Bible. And they've uh, kind of realized it probably means a stairway, although it's not much of a difference, really. You know, not really. But uh, Stairway to anyway. heaven, in a way? Yeah, pretty much, more or less. It's a stairway to heaven. Yeah. Not an escalator, just like walking <laughs> down? Not, no, no escalators back then, as far as we know. Although it's, well, okay, so it's Jacob's dream at Bethel is the heading there. Then Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Now, by the way, I think this whole thing is taking place about like, like these days, it would be like an hour and a half drive north of uh, Jerusalem, just so we know where where yeah. this is taking place, which is, you know, I've never been there, but uh, it's, it's north of, north of uh, Jerusalem. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night be, because the sun had set. He, so Jacob's on his way to go find a wife. He took one of the stones of that place and put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. Okay, so <laughs> then he dreamed. So it's a dream, right? It's a dream. He dreamed and saw a ladder or a stairway set up on the earth with the top of it reaching to heaven. Okay. So it's a dream. Yeah. Dreamed of the stairway or this ladder. The angels of God were ascending and descending on it. The Lord stood above it. Or some some people say maybe it, the Lord may have stood beside him. There's a bit, uh, it's a bit, either way is possible in the Hebrew, apparently. So the Lord stood above above it. Or he may have, you know, like it could have been the angel of the Lord standing next to uh, Jacob. But it's a dream anyway, really. It's a, but it's one of these divine dreams, right? So, uh, and said, "I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie to you will I give it, and to your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. See, it will, will spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in you and in your descendants, all the families of the earth." will be blessed. Remember, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Wow. So was that just a normal dream? Was he just dreaming? Like, no. Did he have these kind of dreams every night? No. <laughs> you know, it's, it was God talking to him just like he spoke to Abraham. Because look, there's another reference of dust of the earth. The descendants will be like... Yeah, same exact... Uh, it's the same plan, really. Yeah. And, and even to Adam, really. It goes back to Adam. The same same, okay. same plan. This is I created human beings to do this. And this you know, dust of the earth, how many gazillions would that be? Unmeasurable, right? Well, it may be, it's probably not a literal number necessarily. You know, it's like uh, well, it's infinite. But it's 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 a yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah, it's just a way to more uh, than how we would try to number people. I think it's so, so many descendants, like the future of whatever the new heaven and new earth will be. It'll be ton of life and ton of people. Because so he wants people to he wants there to be more people. 
Then he's there. not trying to. There's no like. Uh, he's not saying you guys need to have less children. Yes. And uh, you need to take certain injections. Yeah. To lower the population. He's not. It's not that. It's kind oh. of the opposite. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what's amazing. So it's like it's never like. However, how many people want to have kids? It's like go, be fruitful, and multiply. That's always been the command from the very beginning. It, well, even the righteous, like as he's selecting you know, like selective breeding in a way that he's choosing a certain line to have all these descendants just to say like, it's going to be like the dust of the ground, the stars of the sky or sand of the sea. Like he's mentioned a couple of times. I think that's amazing clue as to what this is going to look like. Yeah. I mean, this is a divine revelation and um, it must've been quite shocking because I mean, Jacob must've heard about this uh, from Abraham and Isaac but it hadn't happened to him yet. You know, he hadn't seen God yet, really, or encountered God directly. Yeah, this is, like is this. this his first encounter with God? Yeah, for Jacob, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, it's on when he's basically running out of town and he's got some problems. Esau wants to kill him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He uh, conned Esau out of, his, uh, out of his inheritance and his birthright and blessing and all that stuff. So... And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess, I guess that's kind of the main point is that it's, it's kind of a divine encounter with God. Um, you know, there is this thing about this, uh, stairway or this ladder, what's going on there. Is this some kind of, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's an actual, people like to say, oh, there's some kind of portal there or something, but, but God can reach down and communicate with anybody he wants to at any time, you know? Yeah. But it is Maybe, describing you know. the in a way some sort of portal where angels are coming and going well like not necessarily i don't know i don't know about that i just i just thought of that now is like god can uh do that anywhere he wants to though you know what i mean there's no limitations yeah, it's not like created. god can only it's a dream i mean it's a dream anyway no it is a dream but i think because he already created angel he created all these heavenly bodies and they all have a purpose and they're kind of helping god and do whatever they do so and i do think and we do we do know from later that angels can come to anybody and look like normal where they don't even know they're entertaining angels so what this is telling me is that there is some sort of portal stairway whatever that they're able to come and go as they please. But I think that could be anywhere though. Or just, I mean, it's not like we know for sure how this all works, but uh, yeah. it's just, it's because, okay, let's keep reading a little bit more. And I do have a new Testament verse that talks about yeah. this event actually. So uh, verse 16. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's finish the chapter and then we'll go to the new Testament that may give us some more <clears throat> commentary on this. Uh, Jacob awoke up. Jacob awoke out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. So he had a, you know, it's a special place now because of that dream, because of that revelation. Okay. So Jacob awoke out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. He was afraid and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Okay, so he's saying this is the gate of heaven, right? That's so everyone everyone likes to talk about how this is there's some kind of portal or something, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, may, for him it is. You know, I don't know if there's an actual gate 
of heaven or a stairway to heaven in that place. I just, I, you know, this well, that part is a dream. I think how he describes it, that is a dream. But if you take the message, the message is that the angels can come and go through however they do it. And you and, think of like Babylon, right? The Tower of Babel. Yeah. Babel was like the a gate, a, a gateway to the heavens as well. In fact, all these ziggurats, all these temples that you know where I live, there's temples everywhere you go. Yeah. And they're all pointing up to heaven, you know. And yeah, they have a lot of stairways and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and they're and they're on top of the top of uh, on the top of a mountain quite often. You know, it's the the high places, right? So it's like it's a it's the temple. It's a place where human beings meet god in a temple the garden of eden was a temple the entire world will be a temple i believe not a physical structure made of stone any place where you encounter god is like a temple yeah it is he's temporarily in in you know he separated himself with man but only through the holy spirit he connects as us as a temple but then once the whole earth is restored again he's going to dwell with us like there'll be no more uh, sun and the moon kind of stuff. He will give his light. Once we're in the presence with him, once we reconciled in our new bodies and the new place that we dwell with him, then yeah, everything that we would be, that's actually would be living with God, one-on-one relationship. Yeah, it would be a temple in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. That's an anointing. He called the name of that place Bethel, Bethel, but previously the name of the city was called Luz. Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will protect me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I return to my father's house in peace, then the Lord will be my God. Then this stone, which I have set for a pillar, will be the house of God. The house of God, right? It's a temple. And from all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So that's tithe. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, this little, we see this a lot in Genesis and the Old Testament. They put up little stones, right? Little pillars, or altars, and uh, I think what that, that is, it's kind of like planting a flag. They're establishing the kingdom, marking territory, the, that God is taking back this territory. Uh, what, yeah. That? What do you think about the poured oil on top of the, st- the pillar? Uh, it is just a stone. What do you think about anointing it? What? Is- well, it's it's kind of a, it's kind, yeah, he's kind of dedicating it or something like that. Um, I mean, we see that, uh, that that's... It's a way to uh, cleanse something or to, to consecrate something, and uh, that I mean it's it's a stone, right? When they do it with people, it's anointing a king. Actually, uh, David, you know, when David became king, he was anointed. They they pour oil on top of your head when you become a right. king. What and, about uh, today people like who, who you know might like anoint themselves or others or something? Does that have any power over it today? Yeah. No, because no, no, the prophet, God chooses the king. Yeah. So unless God chose you to be king, you're not a king. <laughs> well, I'm saying other context, not just, you know, as a king, but just a protection, anointing of your body to, you know, have some, put like oil That's, on your head or something. I don't know. I've never, I've never done that. 
<laughs> do people do it? I mean, it sounds like something people would do, but I'm not sure that we're told to do that. Yeah. Um, it well, seems were. like a special occasion, you know? Right. Um, and what do you think about, like, he's already giving 10th to God. How would he have done that since there's no, like... Well, he, he will. He will do it. Uh, so some of the stuff he will is future tense. Uh, um. He's kind of making a vow. That's what it says. He vowed a vow, so it couldn't uh -huh. be more clear. <laughs> he's <laughs> making a vow, so uh, he's it's kind of it's almost like he's having a conversion experience. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, um, Once he had that dream, it's a, yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, so this is like you know, and this happens to people. This still happens to people. Yeah. These days, uh, maybe not exactly like this, but it's uh, it's an amazing thing, you know when it happens um so you were talking about the new testament connection oh yeah the verse is uh let's see i have it john chapter one first chapter of john isn't that interesting talks about this event 47 let's just start there to get the whole story here so uh jesus saw nathan uh, l remember this a e l at the end of the name is talking about elohim l god Mm -hmm. Coming to him and said concerning him, here is an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Ah, interesting, right? Now, who had a lot of guile? Who? Jacob. Jacob. ESV says, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Oh. Right? So, because we're going to see, it's clearly talking about Jacob. So, here's an Israelite in whom is no deceit. This guy's not a con artist. Here's an Israelite who's not a con artist. <laughs> this guy Nathanael, Nathaniel, Nathanael said to him, "How, how, how do you know me?" Jesus answered him, "Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you." Nathanael answered him, "Rabbi, you are the Son of God; you are the King of Israel." Jesus answered him, "Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these." And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. See? So why would you not think there's some sort of portal or stairway or whatever? Jesus Jesus is this portal. That's okay. the point. Oh, Jesus is... Open and the angels yeah. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. so it's no longer there at Bethel. It's no longer in the temple, the stone temple that was destroyed in 70 AD. It's not on the uh, in the sacred high places. Jesus is the uh, mediator between God and man, the high priest. Right, but what he, what was he trying to say here that we we encounter God through Jesus now? Okay, that's he, where yeah. We, we encounter God through Jesus. Well, that part I get, but the part here says angels of God, which would mean the angels, right? The angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Who is the Son of Man? Is that referring to Jesus? That's Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go to Daniel uh, 7. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, like, it's not really the best place to talk about this, but let's just talk about it. Daniel 13, I saw in the night visions, and there was one, again, the night visions, right? The dreams. So Daniel had these dreams a lot as well, right? Yeah. There was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. 
I can't fully explain it now. We'd need more time. But like, and when you see in like Matthew 24 and throughout the gospel of Matthew and a lot of uh, different texts, you see uh, the coming of the Lord, right? The coming of the son of man, the coming of God on the clouds. We will, this generation will see the coming of the son of man in the clouds. Yeah. It's right here. And he's talking about this, Daniel 7, 13. He came to the ancients of, of days and re was presented before him. This is talking about Jesus after the resurrection and the ascension into heaven, becoming king in mm -hmm. heaven. He came to God in heaven, not coming to us on earth. That will happen in the future. But sometimes when Jesus is talking about coming, you know, that you will see Jesus coming on the clouds, Sometimes that refers not to the second coming in the future, but to something that happened in the past, after the resurrection, which is this right here. Does that even make sense? I, I'm, maybe you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm catching up halfway, so I'm reading the verse. Let's just read the verse to try to see. When I saw the night vision, there was one like a son of man, uh, so that's referring to Jesus that's referring like in the flesh, right? Coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. Ancient of days, he came to the ancient of days. What does that mean? That's like? God. That's God. Okay. And was presented yeah. before God. There was given to God, given to him dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all people, nation, languages should serve him. Okay, that's all of us within his kingdom. His dominion is everlasting dominion, uh, which is true, the everlasting life, which shall not pass away in his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Okay, so it's referring to that's God. Jesus. Kingdom. That's talking about Jesus, yeah. Yeah. So that's Every the son of man. So when Jesus says son of man, he's saying he's this guy. Right. That's why he was killed. That's, he, he explained that to the rabbis and the... Uh, you know the Jewish authorities, and that—that's when they sentenced him to death after he said that. And then going back to what we were reading before, you are the king of Israel, right? Yeah. Um, Jesus, Andrew, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe you will see greater things than these? It's all the promises that we've already just read. And he said to him, "Truly, truly, I say to you, here and after you shall see heaven opened." And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus is the stairway to heaven. Uh, okay, I, I get that now. Because it does also say later on, doesn't it, somewhere that the only way through God is through Jesus. He's the intercessor. <laughs> well, you should play I had to play it. I couldn't help myself. Well, play some more. I've been it's out of tune. No, you get a copyright strike. If you just even just play a little song, you'll get a copyright strike. Even though Led Zeppelin <laughs> stole that song from a, a band called Spirit, they uh, stole all their songs. Like half their songs they stole from other people. Well, why don't you just play your own? What happened to all that magic stuff that you were It's out of tune. That guitar's out of tune. Oh. I don't have time to tune it. When you, when you perform, you gotta you gotta prepare. I'm not prepared to. I was just temporarily well, to inspired. You gotta play "Stairway to Heaven" whenever you say that word. I mean, you, you can't help it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to hear your song, your music. What you played the church? Did you ever 
I'll, I have to try to, yeah, let's I'll see if I can salvage some kind of video. Or you could just yeah. play something brand new next time. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I really enjoy uh, playing guitar at the church band. It's great. Yeah. Well, so. share some of that here. So does that make sense, though, what we're talking yeah, about? The, I do uh, know. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, it's, um, you know, that's kind of what, um, so it is interesting that Jesus kind of, uh, refers back to that incident and it's like he's even greater than that really it's, so it's not just and the thing is this place called bethel where he put that pillar that was kind of that became kind of a, a sacred site for many years and but then it became paganized yeah it, and they 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 it became kind of a temple of other gods or, or there's syncretism going on so you and, think maybe but, this was just like uh a prelude to what was going to be said later or coming like it's yeah like, yes yeah, it, yeah it's the beginning it's the beginnings of the establishment of the kingdom of god on earth yeah and then jesus is kind of the fulfillment of that right yeah um and there's still a bit more to come too the next final stage but uh okay yeah so there's bethel and then um and, and bethel and the samaritans um they still they, in fact they still worship around that place there's there's like even a few, like a thousand of them today even still today the samaritans I but i still so, think there's some significance to that place or what he saw with the stairway thing i know i get totally what you're saying that is jesus now the stairway to god yeah but, yeah that's how that's how we uh that's our temple like jesus is the real temple and and then we're part of that temple as well in the holy spirit and all that stuff right so yeah um, yeah. So, uh, so it is. So, so G, you know. So it's it's a way to and Jesus. They're basically it's it's like it's a it's a typology or something like that of of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, especially and so when he referenced it to himself. It's fulfilled in an even greater way than than uh, what Jacob experienced. We could start twenty nine. Jacob meets Rachel. Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field, and three flocks of sheep lying by it, for out of that well the flocks were watered. A large stone was on the well's opening. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds rolled the stone from the well's opening, watered the sheep, then put the stone back on the well's opening in its place. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. Then he said to them, Do you know Laban the son of Nahor? And they said, we know him. He said to them, is he well? And they said, he is well. And here is Rachel, his daughter, coming with the sheep. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly, you know, that's what he's looking for. And isn't it kind of like a movie scene there? Like He's looking for a wife and some sheep. Yeah. She comes with <laughs> he's sheep. Got, he's, got, <laughs> he's got it all. Yeah, what more could a man ask thing. for? <laughs> I know he's got the flock, he's got the beautiful you know. daughter, and I guess at that point he must have known that she's related to the brother of Isaac somehow. Um, yeah, it's kind of the woman at the well thing, you know. He's kind of at a well, and they're watering the sheep. Yeah, the and, famous um, love story the at the well. And he is, you know, he is a shepherd. Um, it's kind of interesting. He's basically a shepherd, right? He ends up working as a shepherd, taking care of the sheep. Yeah. Um, kind of like someone else too. Um, so I recently I've have seen like flocks of goats and sheep in the um, valley. 
they were doing it, I don't know, to clean up some shrubs or whatever, naturally. But they are noisy as heck. I don't know if you've been around sheep flock or goat flocks. Not, I mean, a, a few times, but not, not very often. Oh, not for God. a long They're period screamers. of time. So mm-hmm. now I have a total appreciation for what Jacob how hard he was working. Yeah. And I, I've seen like on, on uh, YouTube, sometimes they roll on their back and they can't, and they're stuck. And if they, yeah. uh, if no one, if no one helps them, they'll just die there. They can't, uh, they can't get back wow. up. Oh yeah. That, that, I mean, there's a, th- there's a thing. That's why people say, you know, like, you know, kind of dumb as a sheep. Now, I don't know if they're really dumb or not, but uh, it, it seems that way, I guess, from, <laughs> well, you know, you know, you hate I, to call it animal dumb. They're probably smart in their own way, but sometimes people are compared to sheep. But you see that in the Bible. I mean, we're, you know, Jesus calls people sheep as well, right? Yeah, because we're... No, we kind of are sheep. We we are sheep. And they do need a shepherd because they kind of, they they lead their their herders. So, like, the reason why they're constantly screaming, because they're calling out to their fellow sheep and goats, like, hey, here I am, follow me. But uh, uh-huh. so they're noisy as heck. Um, kind of like people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. We're definitely dumb sheep for sure. <laughs> thank God for having a good shepherd. Yeah, we just got to get the right shepherd, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Either way, we're going to have a shepherd, right? Everyone's got a shepherd. It's just like, which one do you have? Yeah, I think that's apparent. That none of us can be led on our own that we actually do need, mm. you know, whether kids need uh, the yeah. parents or other, you know, like even adults. So the idea of having a shepherd that's God, like that is totally freeing mentally. That Yeah. Well, I tried to, I tried to be my own shepherd for yeah, a long time and uh, ultimately it, it didn't work out so well. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> God always had you. It's just he allowed you to pick. Yeah, you that's true. I was the uh, I was like the uh, prodigal son. Right, you came back. <laughs> you know, a riot, riotous living in a foreign land. Yeah, or the lo- which, the lost sheep. Which reminds me, when we were, we were talking about like the qualifications to teach, that we just had the guy. That's not true. You're very gifted with teaching and explaining and and actually mm. connecting. The dots between the Old and New Testament, which that, you know, I've never expected that, but I'm glad oh, yeah. you do that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone has spiritual gifts, actually. Yeah. That's part of the deal. If you, if you, if the Holy Spirit comes in your life, uh, connected to that is a spiritual gift to be of use to the, to the body of, of, uh, Christ is, you know, they, they use that body metaphor, right? There's hands and yeah. feet and all that stuff. So everyone, you know, I, I, everyone has a, a gift, you know, well, glad is uh, that. mainly at the church. I, I use, I use the music gift at, at church, you know, yeah. I play guitar. <clears throat> Apparently they don't dying. want me to speak there. They don't <laughs> want me to talk at church. They just want me to play guitar. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear all the weird well. stuff. Well, you also have a great <laughs> speaking voice, so that kind of really helps oh. out a lot in just trying to understand this stuff. Because there's some pastors, you know, or even me, I think I have a lower speaking voice, but you need like a radio voice, which you have. So no, really, yeah, you're perfect. Well, that's good. This. So it couldn't work out any better that we ended up uh, doing this together. Yeah. So all right. 
So where are we at now? Six? No, seven? Seven. He said, since it is yet midday, it is not the time that the livestock should be gathered together. Water the sheep and go feed them. They said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the well's opening. Then we may water the sheep. Well, that's interesting as well, right? You think about the stone rolled away from yeah. the uh, tomb of Jesus and then the water. He, he often talks about water, watering the water of life, right? Right. I, I didn't even notice that before. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing when you're reading that. The stone is rolled. That's exactly from the tomb. Um, mm. And that feeds into uh, life of water and feeds all the flocks, right? So in a sense, when the stone was rolled open to the tomb, he resurrected and he's now feeding the flock from that resurrection, sort of. Yeah, the water of life. Yeah, yeah, because he because he said that to the Samaritan woman at the well. Drink from me, water. and you'll never thirst again. Yep. Wow. So it's all reference to this. Actually, this very verse: the stone is rolled. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Because because when these people talk or when they write in the New Testament, their head is full of the Old Testament stuff, you know, right. and um, they they make allusions to it. Sometimes they quote it directly. But sometimes they just kind of uh, do little word plays, and you don't really notice it at first. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All but right. I think so uh, writing this whole thing, so he must have figured. Yeah. Out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. Okay, so Rachel's also a is it a shepherdess? What's the word yeah. for that? Is there a word shepherdess? I is think that the, so. is that a real word? Uh, well, let's say it is. <laughs> She's a shepherd. I think it's a new. Yeah, one. I like the word shepherdess. I like. <laughs> I just thought of it when, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother. Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's opening and watered the flock of Laban and his mother's brother. Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. How come Wait, we he just went up to her and kissed her. Well, that's what I was wondering. Is that what happened? Time. Am I missing something? <laughs> no. He just went up and kissed no her. No introduction. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, I'll just kiss her and wept out loud. What the heck was he all He kissed that? her and then started crying. Yeah. To some woman he'd never met before. It's his cousin, um, I guess. Kissing cousins. That's where <laughs> kissing cousins comes from. Yes. That's probably what it is. <laughs> Are they cousins? I guess. Yeah. Oh, it says right there. His mother's uh, daughter or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother. Right, the daughter of his uncle is his cousin. So he married. So Jake, his yeah, yeah. Wow. Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebecca's son. Then she ran and told her father. So she ran away. <laughs> Some crazy guy just kissed me and started crying. <laughs> yeah, that probably was. He's my cousin. Out. You know, Laban heard the news that they didn't even have any conversation at all. Like at least the other woman. That married Isaac, Rebecca, was it? That she was talking in and was involved in the whole thing. And this time he's like, all right, I'll just kiss you and go talk to your mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. It was love at first sight, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. I love that story. I love that it's like the love at first sight. And, but he's kind of a schmuck because he didn't love the Leah, which we'll talk well, about. Well, he didn't want her though. That, that was, that was, her, that was the father's fault. Yes. But and, this uh, is what I was actually we'll thinking. Uh, since yesterday, this whole Leah thing really bothered me. 
One, because <laughs> I get that he didn't like her in the beginning or didn't pick her and he loved Rebecca, you know, first love, first sight, whatever. But once he's like, and he got tricked the very first time, I even accept that. But after, like, when they were having all these kids, how can a man continue to have a relationship and sleep with his second wife if he never really loved? Is that possible? Well, I, yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, let's we'll see. We'll see what we uh, what we can find out as we read. Maybe he treated her nicely. You know, who knows? Uh, but um, but the thing is, um, I don't know if you can fake that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Maybe you know. He, it sounds like he was just trying to have kids with her. Maybe. But how? Uh, like that's so, a relationship they're like fighting over. But I guess we'll figure out as we read through it. Thirteen. When Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Then Jacob told Laban all these things. Laban said to him, "Surely you are bone, and you are my bone and my flesh." And he stayed with him for a month. Now, obviously, that's a metaphor, right? Surely you are my bone and my flesh, right? That's a way to say they're relatives. Yeah, that's why you know when they say in the Bible, um, the two, be the the man, the man and the wife become one flesh. You know, they don't become one person literally. You know what I mean? It's uh, you're you're you become really? relatives. A, a man and a wife become related to each other now. They're not related, although in this case, they were related anyway. But uh, it's just <laughs> but a way to say you're related. One flesh is your relatives. Yeah, this is the exact same phrase from Genesis. When Eve was yeah. out of Adam. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, we're related to each other, I guess. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and he stayed so, with them for like, a month. Because they were already cousins, like you said. But I think because they're now familiar with her, each other's like familial love in a way. Yeah. Yeah. There's something uh, yeah. something special about the family. They're different than the other people out there, I guess. Laban said to Jacob, since you are my relative... Should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what shall be. Tell me what shall your wages be? Now that's interesting because Laban is even more of a con artist than Jacob. Yeah. Right. Right. Jacob's on the run. He's trying right. to find a wife. Running away from his brother who wants to kill him because Jacob conned him out of uh, his inheritance. Yeah. Essentially. So he's scheming and, um, right away. So he meets someone who's even who is an even better con artist than he is. <laughs> yeah, I think right. maybe God designed it that way. Do you think? Like, yeah, he's kind of uh, being taught a lesson. I think, yeah. and, and and he he encountered God. So now he's kind of now Jacob is seems like a pretty decent guy after this. You know, after that encounter with God, it right. seems to have changed him. You know, so he's not really the con artist so much anymore, but he uh, his uncle is. You know, so all right. So now, Le yeah. now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Raquel, actually, Raquel. Mm -hmm. But I'll I don't know which should I, I'll just say the English way, I guess. Leah's eyes were tender, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. And I think this Leah's eyes were tender. It kind of it might even mean uh, lazy eyes. You know, that's not it, it, well were uh any, anyway it's, it's a way of saying she wasn't it's 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 supposed to be kind of a little bit more harsh you know that, that like you know like uh, yeah maybe she's not that pretty with her eyes yeah that's that's basically the uh soft or weak oh. soft or weak which you know it doesn't soft eyes is not a bad thing 
Um, so maybe that's some kind of uh, idiom or something. But uh, either way, Jake, it's not Jacob's type of uh, Jacob's mm-hmm. not attracted to her, really. That's the main thing. Someone else might be, but Jacob's not, right? Which is um, fine. I don't have any problem with that. I think it only bothered me once he married her that he couldn't. Well, uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. That's from a, yeah. So you have a woman's perspective on this. Yeah. Yeah, I have a man's perspective on this. <laughs> but I want to know the man's perspective because I want to know why he did that. Well, if I, I'll see if I can disclose that or not. Well, some, <laughs> some things might be better kept secret. <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> Leah's eyes were tender, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. See, Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Wow, Raquel. Okay. She was Jacob loved well, Rich. maybe not. No, probably not. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. that's a whole different story. <clears throat> Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, "I will I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter." Laban said, "It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me." So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. So he's like really, really, really. In love with Rachel. So in and love that's, that you know, seven years doesn't even bother him at all. And they had an agreement, right? Laban, they had an agreement. So at the end of the seven years, he's going to get to marry Rachel. That's the agreement. And she would have just gotten older at that point, too. Yeah, seven years older. She's probably, you know, man she, she'd only be 23 after that. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, if she was a teenager. Um, so probably younger than that. Perspective, even. Uh, what do you think about that? Because men don't really do that, except in the story. Is there like, are they really pining for women that they wait for so long? Yeah, some guys would do that. Some guys would do that. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. It, oh yeah. Sure. Is he lusting after her, or is he really in love? No, 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 no. This is love. But he doesn't know but, her. But she is attractive. She's physically attractive. But she, he also loves her. This is uh, this what? is the real deal. This is true love. Yeah. Okay. True love. Yeah. Oh just- yeah. He's demonstrating the true love as well, right? It's like oh, yes. I have that feeling of love initially, but he's following it through, and it's uh, it's that patient, it's that yes. steadfastness, you know, that endurance. Over time, he's proving that he loves her. You know, his dedication. That's a really good point because <clears throat> doesn't that kind of um, mimic this characteristics exactly like the fruits of the spirit? Uh, love. Patience, kindness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember the rest of them. But I think he meets them all in the story. Yeah, probably does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason to read that part at weddings. But that, you know, that section of, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians, it comes right between the talk about the spiritual gifts as well. I want to find it. So, yeah. Oh <laughs> me, I'm just gonna jump to it. Or it, it suffers long. It's supposed to be patient. Verse four. Okay, love That's, suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love wants not itself. It's not puffed up. Does not believe behave itself improperly. Seeks not its own. It's not easily provoked. Thinks no evil. Rejoices not in inequity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, and endures all. So I guess he, a love never fails. So that ultimately 
his love never failed for Rebecca. I think he displays all of those characteristics in that whatever the verse that I'm thinking of that comes up later. Maybe I'll remember it. Yeah, this is a good story for like uh, young people if they're getting married or something. Yeah. Or before they get married, you know, to test their love to see if they're really ready for this, you know. It's a good point because he was willing to wait for her for a total of 14 years. So all the instant gratification and relationship that people are always wanting to, especially in modern culture, where they date, it's kind of a thing, you know, like after so many dates, they want to hook up. Well, it's kind of like uh, Tinder. It's the opposite of Tinder, which yeah. is like, uh, it's, it's like ordering a pizza now. Yeah, let's make really. it Really, that's, that's what it's come to. They have an app. I mean, a friend of mine showed me this once and, you know, he's like swiping this way and it's, it's just like, it shows good. you how far away they are. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, you're like ordering a pizza, man. That's all you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly what it is. That's why I don't date at all because it's, it's, I hate it. I don't <laughs> like the idea that people can just start meshing together, you know, come as one flesh for nothing. They don't even know each other. I like the old fashioned way, like at least, but even him, I kind of feel like he didn't really know her. He just loved her beauty more than. Well, I think he got to know her over those seven years. After, yeah, after that much time. Yeah. All right. Where were we? 21. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife for my days are fulfilled so that I may have relations with her. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty bold thing to say to to the woman's father. Actually, really, he's like yeah. basically, basically, he's saying like, "I want to sleep with your daughter." <laughs> <laughs> so what's up with that? Like, why did he just say, "I want my wife"? Why did he have to go into, "I want to sleep with her"? It could. It could. Maybe he's saying, "I want to get married." You know, I want to consummate this relate. You know, I want to oh, consummate yeah, the relationship. Maybe. Maybe it's. Maybe it. Uh, we're missing that's something me. in translation yeah. here. That's quite possible. Happens a lot, actually. A little nuance like this, right? A little nuance <laughs> uh, could be different than what it says here. Um, so Laban gathered together all the men of the place and prepared a feast. Okay, that almost sounds like a wedding, right? A feast. Yep. That's what a wedding is, right? It's basically a yeah. feast. But in the evening, he took Leah, his daughter. Oh, Laban is the scumbag in this story yeah. here. <laughs> Laban. But in the evening, he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob had relations with her. Oh. Laban gave Zil- Zilpah, his maid, to his daughter Leah for a maid servant. So what is coming? Like, first he made him work for seven years. Is that even heard of? Like, what? Like, what's the point of making, like, I guess he wanted to find out if he was worthy for his daughter, but seven years is a long time, right? He could have just said a couple years. Yeah. So I mean, this delaying. is. Uh, Think about this. He's delaying his daughter from getting married earlier. Usually. And having babies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but usually they yeah. can't wait to get, get rid of daughters to get married in like as fast mm-hmm. as they can. This is. Regret. Yeah. You know, well, so they're working. Maybe he, you know, they, 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 it sounds like they live on some kind of family farm or something with all yeah. these sheep and stuff. And, and they're all, the daughters are working and now Jacob is working. He's got labor. Laban is kind of selfish and greedy. Super selfish know, because using people. Yeah. Aging women is not a good thing when you're trying to get 
started a family, you know. Well, so, she was only 10 when they met, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were like young, much younger than we think, yeah, actually. I, I think so. I, uh, Maybe like six I think I even, I think I even Jewish tradition, she was like uh, really young. I forget. But, you know, they all, you, you never know if you can believe that stuff. But, or not, but. Jacob wasn't that young because he already did all the stuff with Esau to get the birthright and the blessing. Yeah. So, yeah. I well, I think they, they might tell us the ages. Like usually when they have a child, they tell us the age of the parents or something yeah. like that. We'll see if they give uh, the ages away. Um, but they're, you know, we can assume they're teenage. I think we can assume that Rachel was a teenager. I think that's a Probably. rational assumption. Otherwise she would have been married off to someone else by then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is the, this is like three and a half thousand years ago or more than that even. So. Yeah, but I yeah. always picture these guys like yesterday. <laughs> you know, just no, no, this is so long ago. Different culture, totally different culture, different language. Culture stuff is still going on in the East. Like, oh, also. sure, oh yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, as Americans, you know, we had this. Uh, you know, we we kind of had a total break from the the past. Yeah, for the most, you know, to a certain extent. Um, but uh, you know, different when you go to like Asia or something, they never had that yeah. in the Middle East. These they're still continuing from thousands of years of years ago. There was no break in the the cultural traditions, you know. That's why I like it because it's like I could see the past and the present together. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And since they're like in Middle yeah. Eastern, some of those customs have kind of transferred over all the way far east too. So I can kind of envision yeah. like what their life was like. Okay. Um, so where are we at now? Um, the feast, they had the wedding, the maid servant are at 25. In the morning, Jake, oh, this Zilpah now, doesn't he end up having babies with Zilpah? Yeah. Is that right? Or is it a different, yeah. No, he has babies with Rachel, Leah, Zilpah, and the other maid servant um, from Rachel's side. So four wives, and they all become the 12 tribes together. As we're So he got more than he bargained for. Yeah. Oh, I guess. You got all these extra women. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So in the morning, Jacob discovered it was Leah, and he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then have you tricked me, right? Or deceived me? Why then have you deceived me? So so Laban is a deceiver, kind of like uh, Jacob used to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it really almost seems like Jacob is now, well, kind of in Esau's place, right? Jacob tricked Esau. His judgment for what he did. And now, now Laban is get, tricking Jacob. Now that I look back on it, I think maybe God would have blessed him, Jacob, anyway, regardless of what he did. But I think this is kind of his judgment and the way he went about it to take it from Esau. Because that story bothered yeah. him too. But now he's getting what he deserves in a way. Yeah, he's learning lessons. Yeah, the hard way. The hard way. He's learning the hard way, as many of us do, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, then Laban said, "It is not the custom in our country to marry off the younger before the firstborn." Oh, it's like now you tell me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could have told me that. That's yeah, this actually happens in India and other places. They don't let you marry the older daughter before the younger. So the younger before the older. They got a, the oldest yeah. daughter has to get married first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's totally true. Yeah, and e even if it's not like always enforced, it's kind of the preferred way. It's embarrassed. They lose faith. The older daughter 
loses face yeah. if the younger daughter gets married first. For that sure. actually happened um, in my family where they were sisters. The older one was not married. The younger one had to get married because the older one, they waited too long or whatever. So that was always like the older one had to be married first to kind of make sure they don't stay too long in the father's home. So I understand that pretty well. But but uh, they could have told Jacob that he, seven on. years ago. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, all right. So that's called like uh, moving the goalposts. Actually, you know, <laughs> so how come he uh, didn't know that on his own? Like that would have been obvious custom back then. Maybe, yeah, yeah. You think he would have thought of that at, at some point? <laughs> but uh, fulf all right, fulfill the period of seven days for this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. So all you, right, so I think we did talk about this before, but you think this was where you had to wait fourteen years total, or Seven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's what, in seven days. Seven days would be seven years. A week. It's a week. Um, what verse is that? Um, Twenty-seven. Yeah, it's. Uh, so he got his wife after the fourteen years were completed. The week. Yeah, it basically the translation maybe should read a week instead of seven days. You know, fulfill the period of a of a week. Another week for this one. Yeah. Because um, sometimes they talk about weeks of years. Uh, week just means it means seven another seven for this one <clears throat> so yeah yeah it's another i mean that's what it says it is another seven years basically is what it is so it's total of 14 i mean unless i'm missing something no yeah um, that's right it says another seven years right there right um, yeah so but some people just say like maybe he gave the wife uh at that moment when he asked but then he still had to serve another seven no I think 20 no no because i think we're too I think we see later on. Um, well, well, it says right here at verse twenty-eight. Yeah. Jacob did so and completed her week. Right. So that's so the seven years just went by right there. The second set yeah. of seven years. So now we, we've jumped ahead to fourteen years now. So in quickly, just in that one sentence. <laughs> yeah. So that's it right there. So it's been fourteen years now total. They just kind of skipped over all the details there. Um, then yeah. Laban gave him Rachel, his daughter, and his wife as his wife also. Okay. Laban gave Bilhah, his maidservant, to Rachel, his daughter, to be her maid. So Jacob yeah, also had relations life. with Rachel, and um, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban another seven years. But he, he loved Rachel only the whole time. See, that's the thing, is if he loved Rachel, then how can he love Leah also, doesn't that take away from his love from Rachel no. then? Oh, no, 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 because he had personal relationship. He's having kids, and there are cultures now, like the Mormons and other, that they have multiple wives. You can love more than one person at the same time. That's not a problem. I don't think he ever wanted to love her. So let's say, like, Leah was also beautiful. I think that was part of the problem. Like, Rachel was beautiful, and Leah was kind of ugly. So he could never like get past that. But if she was beautiful, I guarantee it, he would have loved both of them uh, equally. You know, after Leah is suffering so much, like God opened her uh, fertility because she was unloved. I think that's what it says in 31, right? 
when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened up her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Rachel's story is consistent with all the other ones, with Sarah being barren, uh, Rebecca being barren. Like every one of them that were like the first chosen line, they were all barren where God had to open up the womb. But he only opened up Leah because she was unloved. That's so sad. So like she's having all these babies, but he never loves her. I don't know. I don't like it. What do you, you think? Can't, well, no, I, I understand it. <laughs> it's, I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> well, that's what I want to know. How, know. how is that possible? Like, how is he able to keep a family like that together and not never love her? Well, he never wanted to marry Leah to begin with, though. That's the thing. He was kind of stuck yeah, with her. But he has her now. Yeah, but he's stuck with her. But it doesn't mean he has to love her. I mean, you can't. I don't think you can just. He's he probably nice to her. Him. You know, he, he was nice to her, whatever. But, uh, I mean, you can't just um, you can't just love some girl you don't love. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, I he's not into her. Well, I got that part, but I think <laughs> after they were married, things would have changed. Like after, no, no, no. He has to go sleep with her every now and. He then. loved Rachel. He loved Rachel, so we worked another seven years All uh, right, to get whatever. Rachel. He can love and he was stuck with that other one. That's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then why did he have so many babies with her then? I don't know. He, I mean, because, uh, well, his Rachel was barren. He wanted to have babies with Rachel, but she was barren. Oh, so he's just carrying on his line then. Well, that's all yeah. right. Poor Leah. I mean, um, yeah. So Leah conceived and gave birth to a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she he said, surely the Lord has looked upon my affliction, that now therefore my husband will love me. No, he won't. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. I think this Some other man be... might. Some other man will love her. It's just not... Uh, but she's not never going, to be, going to be able to marry anyone else because once no. she's married... Because the Laban, Laban is the villain in this story. Her yeah. father did this. Her father did this to her. But Jacob is too. In this no, no, particular no. section, I, I blame Jacob <laughs> as well. No way. Yeah. I think Jacob's really? a good guy now. No. I mean, uh, seriously, if you had more than one wife and you, you didn't plan on it, are you telling me after seven years and like a bunch of babies, you will never. No, have he didn't have babies yet with her. Oh, uh, well. Or, uh, not yeah. yet. It's starting yeah. now. It sounds like he, it sounds like he didn't have any babies. For the first fourteen years, for uh, well, no. after seven years they got married. So that during those seven years they were they were married, they didn't have any babies yet, right? Yeah, but she does have. Was, and she she was may have been barren, times, right? Sounds like she was barren also, and then oh, uh, right. God he opened, opened her, womb her womb, right? After he married Rachel, so he's got two barren women, kind of at first. Yeah. And then he, um, the Lord, the, you know, God could have opened up Rachel's womb, I guess, but he chose to open up uh, Leah's. You know because, why? You know, it, it shows the compassion of God. Remember, God is also a character in these narratives, the main character, really. And uh, it shows the compassion God has on her. Yeah. Jacob's just a human being, you know, a, a, someone living in a fallen, sinful condition, right? So, uh, And so God has compassion on Leah. Well, yeah, and at least that much is good that he yeah, take care of her because she was. Yeah, so so Le Leah's in a difficult situation, but at least God had compassion on her. And uh, this is such a sad her. story to me. It's like, what is it? Unrequited love, right? 
She she loves him. She wants her father did this. Huh? I blame I blame the father completely. Really? I don't blame no. J- Jacob. I mean I mean think well, about a man in love with a girl, and then the father gives him a different girl who he doesn't love. Okay, Jacob is kind of a, a victim in, in this story. Well, he was a victim in the beginning, but I think as much was- as Leah, as much as yeah. Leah. Right. Jacob is is in a difficult. J- Jacob is also suffering because the woman he wants is. He, after he, seven he, years, he could love her again. Like there's he no. Wait, he he worked fourteen years for the woman he loved. Okay. He didn't he, work that long. He didn't work one day for Leah. <laughs> Not one day for. Leah. Yeah, that sucks. To be unwanted in your own marriage. Can you believe that? I don't know. I blame Jacob. I know you don't, but I think this is bad. Once he's already had both of them. But he's a man. I, I understand his because uh, I think the man's point of view in this. Well, the, yeah, you have your woman's point of view. I have the man's point of view. The They're more, both equally valid. Yeah, the man's valid. point of view is that you have to love the woman you marry. Otherwise, you don't care what happens to her. Is that? No, I'm not saying. No, no, I'm not saying that. That's a different issue. I'm saying the father tricked him into marrying a woman he didn't want to marry. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm saying if a man ends up marrying somebody he doesn't really love he's never gonna like be that kind of man for her anyway right well and not i mean this is just one case in this case i mean other cases you know something may may happen they may develop a love later on there's a lot of arranged marriages out there so well, some of them work point. out some of them don't you know yeah well that was my point like in arranged marriage they say that yeah you get married first and then you love each other later so my point was, even though he never loved her in the beginning, after time, he should have loved her. Like after, even after the first kid, Reuben, right? But she doesn't. Yeah, in, a, in, a, yeah in an ideal situation. But, uh, you know, the reality is uh, you can't love everybody, though. But if he just goes around loving every woman he meets, then, you know, it's then what's the, what's the point of loving Rachel if you can just love anyone else also the same way? You know what I mean? Oh, then it's well, not special. I, you know, yes. I don't know. Well, look at her though. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Yeah, right. It's not gonna well, happen. She, she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I was unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. Then she called his name Simeon. She conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, Now this time a husband will be joined to me because I have borne them three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi or Le- Levi. Um, Levi. The, yeah, the father that of the Levi. That means he's giving uh, birth to all these um, one, four tribes from the 12 tribes, and they're pretty significant. Yeah. So God is using her. So, and, and one of the things that also got pointed out, because there's different women that he's having kids with, so genetically the women doesn't seem to matter so much. That it's really Jacob's seed that's implanted in all these women that are giving yeah. birth to Israel, the 12 tribes, right? Yeah, because the Greek word is sperma, yeah. seed. Seed is sperma. So the Bible literally, the Greek Bible literally says the, the sperm of Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> sperma, sperma of Abraham. But do you so, know the Jewish seed, offspring? Of how they count if you're Jewish or not? It's the woman. Eternal side. Yeah, right? but they're that's Babylonian Ju- yeah. Judaism. Babylon. They they change. They they they're not even. They have very little to do with the Bible uh, these exactly. days. 
you know, especially so, after the temple burned down in 70 AD, they, it became rabbinical. It became a totally different thing. You know, wouldn't all this prove that this uh, line is really from male side, Jacob and forward? You'd think so. Abraham and forward. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Nothing I mean, to do with the women at all, other than the fact that they're giving birth. Yeah, although I think in some of those genealogies, like in Matthew and stuff, there might be some women uh, listed there as well. Um, uh, I would have to take a look into that. That's maybe a different uh, rabbit trail. Um, let's just finish off this last verse here. She conceived again and gave birth to a son, and she said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah, and she stopped giving birth. All right. So, so there's four. <laughs> yeah, so we got Judah. Levi, Simeon, uh, Levi. Levi was the uh, Levitical, the, the Levitical priesthood. Aaron and Moses were Levites. I think you're from um, uh, Levitical priesthood. Me? No, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not at all. You're I'm Norwegian. Mystical. Unless somehow some people say the tribe of Dan like went to Northern Europe. So because yeah. uh, like Denmark, you know, Denmark, Denmark, oh, yeah. the Danube River. Um, Dan, so I don't mean, know. I mean, I'm, I'm basically Norwegian blood. So I'm, I, my ancestors were pagan Vikings who, uh, <laughs> worshiped, uh, Thor. <laughs> there you go. I know Thor well. That's, well, Minnesotans are Norwegian settlers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In fact, in fact, uh, the first, uh, explorers to the United States were, were the Vikings, right? The and and the uh, it wasn't Columbus and all this stuff. It totally <laughs> false. It was it was Eric the Red in like 1000 AD because it's not that far from Iceland, really, yeah. North America. So they went up there and then they went through the Great Lakes and there you can, you can reach Minnesota by water from the right. ocean actually. Oh really? Through the Great oh yeah, Duluth. Yeah, they go to they went oh. to Duluth. You can go there from from by water you, and that's really the center the center point almost of North America. Huh. So they and there there are set they find they found old uh, settlements from like 1000 AD in Minnesota of the Vikings. So their mascot is the go Vikings um what is it for the Yeah, exactly. football or whatever. I don't yeah, watch the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. yeah, the horns. Yeah. Well, so anyway, I didn't know what Minnesota is all about. <laughs> Who settled here? Yeah. I wish yeah, I had a so, uh, accent like northern Minnesota, but I know maybe a little. I bit. think I still do. My family does. They're very, my father was from uh, northern Minnesota, so a uh, very thick Minnesota accent. Yeah. yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's real. It is a real thing. Now <laughs> I kind of wish I had it, but I have a generic one. Yeah, well, you don't really want it. Um, it sounds funny to other people, you know. <laughs> well, that's why I want it. <laughs> um, all, right. all right. So, chapter 30, uh, they have a little pause in children making, but Rachel is all upset that she can't have any. So, this is her story here, right? I guess right. I can read it here. Um, right. When Rachel saw that she could not give Jacob children, she became jealous of her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or I will die. Uh, Jacob became very angry with Rachel and said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Sounds like the underwear, the fruit of the loom. Uh, then he said, here's my maid, Billah have relations with her so she may bear a child on my knees 
so that I may also have children through her. Isn't that kind of weird? The handmaiden? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, t- that really sounds like The Handmaid's Tale, that uh, TV show. But I guess, do but, they really feel like they can have their, the children of their own through another woman? I guess uh, Sarah tried that with Hagar. That didn't work out too well. Here, like, they're okay to give their maids? Like, is that kind of like their personal property? Well, it's practical. It's practical. I mean, to a certain extent, it's like, well, what are the options? Either have no tr- no children at all or have one through the uh, through the handmaid. So is this yeah. kind of like the first surrogacy stuff in a way? Yeah, it's a surrogate mother to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, yeah, and and, it, and the handmaid is kind of considered like property. They may have been like slaves, actually. You know, that in the ancient world, a sl- there's not much difference between a slave and a, an employee. But you know, indentured what's, servant. Um, weird about that because Hagar, I think somewhere God said that the promises were not going to come through uh, Hagar because she was a slave, right? But yet in this story, all the tribes are coming from even their handmaidens because uh, Billa conceived um, Denise. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if it's, be, it's, it's not like a rule necessarily. You know what I mean? It was just that God chose uh, Sarah to be the mother of Isaac, and that would be kind of the chosen line. In that case, I don't think that's a universal rule or anything for all time. Yeah, guess yeah. what? You came from Billa's tribe, so she so she gave Billa her maid servant, maid servant as a wife, and Jacob had Billa conceived and gave Jacob a son. Rachel said, "God has vindicated me; also heard my voice and gave, has given me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan. That's your ancestors, right?" Well, maybe. I mean, that's not a proven thing. <laughs> That's not, there's no, I mean, I, I don't know if I believe that the Danites uh, are Vikings. Although they, I think the Danites did, they were involved in ships and stuff, weren't they? They were sailors, I guess. So, I mean, it's, it's a theory. I don't know if it's a fact. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Have you looked into that? Do you believe that? Nope. I have no idea where any of these. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a theory. It's a decent, it's a good theory. It has some, uh, some evidence, I guess, or some some good arguments to back it up. I just don't know if it's a proven fact that the, that the tribe of Dan settled, you know, Northern Europe. Uh, maybe they did. Are, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I think they were Europeans and that much has been mentioned. Like wouldn't the, the Danish come from this? Danish? I mean, it kind of seems like maybe, yeah, maybe it's uh, and and I think they, you know, maybe they sailed up there. They, if they were shipbuilders, then, uh, you know, that, there's a connection there with the Vikings who were shipbuilders also. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, but even as someone from the tribe of Jan, Dan is not technically Jewish because Judah was is from the tribe of Judah, right? Jews are from oh. the tribe of Judah. But, but the term Jews is used for all the Israelites, basically, right? So that's but a little confusing. they shouldn't do that because that was my, yeah. was my pet peeve is that they, they keep calling Jews as if they're everything, but they're only... Well, men. that's because the, the northern ten tribes kind of vanished and assimilated with the, uh, the nations, the other ethnicities. You know, so all that was left was so Judah and Benjamin. Them. And then the Benjamites got like 90% killed off at some point. And so there was, and I think, I think Paul was a Benjamite, um, but there, there was, there was, uh, 
most of the, then they did, it, it was just a simple way to, because they, they called it the uh, Judah, it was the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. So they started calling it, the southern kingdom was called Judah, and the northern kingdom was called Israel with the 10 tribes, but then those 10 tribes vanished. Um, but they didn't, I mean, God knows who they are because he's always referencing the 12 tribes and even like the 144,000 he chose, 12,000 from each tribe. So they never really went away. It's just. Well, those are symbolic. I, I, that's uh, Yeah. I mean, I met a guy recently who's, who's he, he just escaped from the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And he, he was telling me that uh, they believe uh, that there's only 104, only 144,000 people are going to be saved. Oh no! Um, yeah. And and it's going to be them. I, I would think they must have found those people by now, right? That, like it would be it would be uh, closed. Like there's no room for anyone else it, if that's all it is. But no, that yeah, that but it's symbolic oh, number anyway. Opened it up to the whole world. It's going to be unmeasurable how many people are going to be saved from beginning to end. But the 144 are specifically that story of the Jew, uh, the, the Israelites that never died. So I think out of the Israelites, he's being in a very point to pick out the 12,000 males because we just covered that it's the male line that's important, not the female. So he's picking the 12,000 per tribe. They're all virgins. And that's symbol but it's all symbolic, though. I don't. I and prophetic prophetic literature, and especially apocalyptic literature, has to be read. Uh, it's meant to be read. But I don't and it's, 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 these are dream visions. Dream visions and uh, symbolic. It's symbolic, and I believe I believe it's symbolic, and that's the uh, that's the key to reading the Book of Revelation. Well, and, uh, and if you think it's literal, if you think if you think it's literal, you're going to have a very different. You're going to have a specific uh, understanding of the end times, and if yeah. you think it's symbolic, you're going to have a different understanding of the end times. That's really the the line. If yeah. that's the two type of people who read the Revelation <laughs> symbolically. Or if you read it literally, well, but it's we prophetic there, literature. You're going to read it symbolic. Just keep that in mind. It's prophetic it literature <laughs> that tells you that these are symbols. Yeah, I think it's been mentioned throughout all different parts of the Bible. Vir virgin, the the virgin thing is um, there. It's it's about uh, their spiritual virgins. They didn't whore around with the, the other gods. They're not literally yeah. virgins. Well, and I think the way you read it, um, but I do think they're physically virgins too. That <laughs> not only spiritually for God, but he's picking out like direct male lines from each of the tribes. But I guess we'll have to actually be. I've seen people. Uh, I've seen people say, "Oh no, these are all these are all eunuchs." Oh, so no. God's going to save uh, twelve thousand eunuchs, or you know, one hundred forty-four thousand castrated children. <laughs> it, you know, you, no, it's just, you know if you get a too literal, and, uh, an overly literal interpretation is it gets you some crazy conclusions. Yeah. Well, no, I just accept what he, God said. That's it. I mean, if he said so, then I believe it. So I, I feel like. But he said it in a symbolic why way. He's doing that. <laughs> I think because a new heaven and a new earth, the descendants that he keeps talking about are going to come back from those. 12 tribes i don't know i just there's some real significance about picking only men from each of the 12 tribes but i guess we have to get there before we can yeah figure that so out. it's it i mean it's it's kind of worth uh 
mentioning though, because we're talking about the origin yeah. of these 12 tribes right now, right? So, yeah. and then, you know, they're mentioned again in the book of Revelation, the final book. Um, so there are, these are important, uh, important people, I guess you could say. Um, so what, where, where did you uh, leave off there? Um, Dan, he stopped at Dan. Oh, yeah, Dan, that's the so verse seven. Five. Yeah, we've covered four. Oh, and Jesus also came from Judah tribe, right? So the, that line is being followed. Uh, all yeah, these the, uh, lines, David, King David, Ju Judah. They say Judah is a line of kings. Yeah. Um, so Billa, Rachel's maid, conceived again and gave Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, "With great wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed." So she called his name Nephtali. That sounds almost Egyptian, right? Nephtali. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. Yeah. When uh, Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took Zilpa, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Zilpa, Leah's maid, gave Jacob a son. Leah said, how fortunate. So she called his name Gad. Uh, Zilpa, Leah's maid, gave Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, happy am I, for I, a woman will call me happy. So she called his name Asher. Uh, at the time the wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. And then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Uh, Leah said to her, it is a small matter that you have taken my husband. Why would you take away my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, all, all right, he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. So what do you think is going on there? Well, I think there's a little pharmacia because mandrakes were considered an aphrodisiac, but also a fertility. Mainly in this case, it looks like more of a fertility uh, remedy, you know, a fertility drug. That was the belief. That's what it's talking about. It's a bit of pharmacia, you know. I mean, there were, they, you know, the healing. If you think about the healing and medicine and pharmaceuticals, the Greek word pharmacia. Usually in the Bible, it's translated as sorcery, but there is an element of uh, pharmaceuticals involved in magic and sorcery because it's healing, right? And it's depends. I think it really depends on the application if you're doing it for, you know, we can't just judge it all evil if it's good or evil. You know what I mean? It's That's not really the point yeah, in this case. I it's, I, but I it's medicine, right? Yeah. Like if, like if, I, if I went and got some, some painkillers, then, then I overdosed and I died. Well, that's a bad thing. But if I take them as prescribed or something, for just as an example, um, then so it's not that, so is, evil. You know what I mean? Is that not? Well, I think in this sense, they were just taking natural things as whatever they could use to maybe heighten their fertility or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think, like, if you're using, like, natural things that God has already provided us with all kinds of roots and herbs and stuff that take care of a lot of these medical things um isn't i think that's a step lower than pharmacia where the drug companies have now taken over and trying to like change you from the inside out genetically and you know like yeah drugs your lord and savior instead of god but yeah well okay. it, it becomes uh in the in the hands of you know sinful human beings it usually becomes uh wicked and evil you know 
because it is magical. It's a magic potion, yeah. right? It, these are powerful things, herb, er, you know, herbs and medicine and whatever. It was always associated with magic and sorcery. That's why they translate it that way in English. But there's also an element of of medicine involved in that same word that gets so, obscured in the English Bibles. So um, today, pharma, it, the, is that yeah, okay yeah. to do or not okay to do? The whole it says in Revelation eighteen twenty three. Uh, um, yeah, well, it says in Revelation twenty, Satan will be led out of the abyss to deceive the nations at the at, at the end of time, right? Yeah. So God God lets Satan out of the abyss to deceive the unbelievers with yeah. pharmakia. Verse eighteen twenty three says, "All nations were deceived by your pharmakia." Yeah. Talking about Babylon. That I can and, see. Uh, I already in Revelation nine. Yeah. Revelation 9, at the last verse of that chapter, it says, you did not repent of your pharmakia. Yeah. Your, in English, it says sorcery. When you see the word sorcery in, in your English Bibles, it probably is uh, pharmakia in Greek. But I'm talking about, like, natural things, like herbal, like, not going to, I don't know. to get prescribed drugs, but just maybe supplements that can help you with one thing or another. Do you think that's the same thing as sorcery and pharmakia? Well, it is pharmakia, but it's I don't know if it's sorcery. See, the English, there's really no good English translation for it. It's, you know, drugs, medicine, medicine. Yeah. Um, but medicine and Greek, medicine would be pharmakia also. Right. You know, it's, it's the context. It's the context. But in well, this I mean, case here in the Bible. What is okay, kind of showing ahead. me in this story is because God's going to open up her womb anyway without the mandrakes. But she thinks she needs them because she is infertile. So I can understand her frustrations and pain. Trying yeah, yeah. She's trying to uh, take matters into her own hand. Uh, you know, I mean, if God opened up Leah's womb, you know, God did that. Maybe Rachel should have prayed to God for that same thing instead of uh, the mandrakes. taking the drugs. The mandrake. Yeah. Although, man what, what is a man mandrake? is like a plant, right? I mean, yeah, it could like be like... Um, you know, eat some cucumbers. It's good for you. You know what I mean? It's, it might just be a type of. Uh, um, well, the reason why. Um, it's a root. It's a root. So, it, I mean, it's it's medicine. It's herbal medicine. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad or not, really. I mean, we don't always have to judge that way, but um, we can kind of understand what she's doing. She's trying to get pregnant by taking the. These, I don't think it's a herbs. bad thing because, you know, like, let's say you're in deep pain. and. You figure out, like, I actually know a lot of different things that, to try naturally than take drugs because I'm always yeah. struggling with something. And, like, turmeric root is a good, great painkiller. So uh, I'm okay. thinking that I could wait on God to, like, you know, I, I would pray all the time to heal me and not give me that pain. But he also gave me a brain to figure out a few things to, like, just take and that will relieve the pain, right? So I don't know if that's a bad thing to take something that they Yeah, need. I mean, I don't know if that's the point either. This, Like, I don't know if they're saying it's a good or bad in the story either. It's just, yeah. um, although she's saying, what did, go up to verse 15. Rachel said, all right, he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, that's, it's a, kind of a strange uh, negotiation there a little bit. Yeah, she's trading her husband's uh, sexual. 
conquest over one night for mandrakes. So. But look at Leah in, in verse 15, Leah is calling Jacob her husband. Yeah. Is there anything wrong with that? But she says, you have taken my husband. So meaning. Well, yeah, but, but Jacob loved Rachel yeah. first anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, but again, I think by this time, <laughs> with so many sons, how many sons have we already gone through now? Uh, he has to. I love mean, it's kind of like a food, like, like a food you don't like. And if you eat it for seven years, you're going to start to like it. Maybe uh, not. Uh, you know? Well, people aren't. I mean, there's some endearing quality of, other than being ugly, I'm sure she was very loving. Well, yeah. He didn't kick her out. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I think he, and, the, you know, so she's kind of in pain, too. She never gets his love. And here's Rachel having to fight for children and do all these things because God blessed Leah and didn't bless Rachel. All right. Well, let's, let's see what happens here. Uh, where are we? Uh, 16? Yeah. So when Jacob came out in the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must sleep with me because I have paid for you with my son's mandrakes. And he slept with her that night. I thought Jacob loved Rachel anyway. Why does he need? No, this oh, is Leah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so God listened to Leah and she conceived and gave Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my reward, and I have given my maid to my husband. And so she called his name Ishakur. Leah conceived again and gave J Jacob a sixth son. Leah said, God has given me a good gift. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have given him six sons. So she called his name Zebulon. Afterwards, she gave a birth to daughter and called her name Dinah, which she's an important character later mm. on. Yeah. So seven kids so far, right? Six sons and one daughter. Yeah. So half so half these uh, tribes come from Leah, so yeah. far at least. Which is amazing, right? Because Rachel is the one he loves, but then he got all these tribes from the woman that he didn't love. But that's that's how God works, though. God uses the uh, you know the people, the the unfortunate people. Yeah, the underdog. You know, the, God uses these kind of people. Yeah, the underdog to create His kingdom. Yeah. You know? Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. And said, God has taken away my reproach. And then she called his name Joseph, saying, The Lord will add me, add to me another son. Now, Joseph, uh, Joseph is a huge character. In fact. And, and notice it, it was not the mandrakes that made her pregnant. Those things didn't work, apparently. Like, it didn't work, as far yeah. as we can tell. So it was, it was God listened to her. God remembered Rachel. Yeah, and uh, God listened to her, answered her prayer. Basically, it sounds like she was maybe praying for this at some point or something. Oh, I'm sure she was every day and opened her womb. Yeah, so God, uh, God listens to God knows our pain, right? Yeah. God knows our situation, and sometimes it takes a while for Him to uh, to act. It certainly you know, does. Sometimes we have to learn time. a lesson. We have to we have to learn a lesson. Sometimes you know. Yeah, I think that's true because uh, people who are able to get things right away, they don't have any appreciation for what they have. Mm -hmm. And 
That's true. Yeah. They don't remember God either because they just natural to them. You know, like we think we did it. We we yeah. want to take the credit. Oh, look at this! I worked really hard and I got successful. I did this without yeah. without any help, without the help of God. I don't need God. Why do I need God? You know, I I can do it all on my own. You know, so yeah. And those you know, like the women who are exceptionally fertile, they can just have kids as much as they want. They I don't even know if they know that they're blessed with all of that. Like I think mm-hmm. a lot of take it advantage or grants things for granted that things that came to them easily you know they were blessed with all that stuff um jacob's agreement with laban when rachel had given birth to joseph jacob said to laban send me away so i may go to my own place in my country to my country give me my wives and my children for who i am served you and let me go for you know the service that i have given you Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please stay, for I have learned my divination that the Lord has blessed me on account of you. He said, name me your wages and I will give it. So he's practicing divination. You know, yeah, and we find out later he has those uh, idols and stuff. Yeah, oh, he was a, he was a pagan, this guy, practicing yeah. divination. Trying to get the uh, no, trying to know the future. It's like people playing uh, the tarot cards and stuff these days, Ouija boards, all that stuff. It's the same. But you know, it's weird though. Let's just say it's like tarot cards. So he's using tarot cards to get to the real God, who says he's blessed him and accounting you. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I you know maybe God kind of intervened a little bit. You know. I mean, God, uh, unless, unless that's just his way of explaining what happened, you know what I mean? If if he's used to kind of this uh, occult kind of practice, and then God kind of gives him some uh, a message, he's going to think in terms of that context. Yeah. Oh, this is just another occult uh, spiritual encounter with a different, with a new God I didn't know before, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. Because he doesn't really know how things work. You know, yeah, like, he wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, but um, it is. I mean, we don't know exactly what he did or how he, all the details uh, um, of how of what kind of divination he was doing. You know what I mean? Um, but but he was he was a pagan, so uh, um, sure, whatever the pagan did back then, like using sorcerers, mediums, whoever. Like, yeah, and, and this stuff arrow, still right? happens today. Yeah. yeah. So Jacob said to him, you know, I have served you and how your livestock have bared with me for you had little before I came. And now it's increase in multitude. The Lord God bless you since I came. And now who may I also provide for my own house? Laban said, what may I give you? And Jacob said, you may give me, you may not give me anything, but if you, will do this one thing for me i will continue to feed and keep your flock i will pass through all your flock today removing them removing from it all speckled and spotted sheep and every brown sheep among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats these shall be my wages so my integrity will answer for me from time to come when you come and examine my wages Everyone that is not speckled or spotted among the goats and the brown among the sheep that are with me will be considered stolen. 
So what's going on here? Well, they're trying to, he's trying to uh, guarantee that, you know, he's going to take care of certain sheep and you can, you can know that I'm not stealing your sheep, uh, your goats because of the, if they're spotted or if they're white or black or whatever. So is he picking the the worst of the flock if they're not? Yeah, hunting? yeah, he is. He is actually. Yeah, yeah. The spot he the, the spotted ones were maybe not as uh, valued. Okay. So yeah, but, then, but then they kind of sabotage that plan a little bit. Yeah. Well, God helped them to make sure he prospered no matter what he got. Um, Laban said, "Agreed. Let it be according to your word." He removed that day the male goats. That were striped and spotted, and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one of them had some white in it, and all the brown ones among the sheep gave them into the care of his sons. He put three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. So uh, apparently he is living now, able to live apart from them, just to take care of the flocks, because they're three days yep. apart. Yeah. Then Jacob took rods of fresh-cut poplar almond and plane trees and peeled it with streaks in them, exposing the white which was in the rods. He set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the troughs, and that is the watering places where the flocks came to drink, so they would mate when they came to drink. The flocks mated before the rods and gave birth to the young that were striped, speckled, or and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and made the flock's face towards a stripe and all the brown in the flock of Laban. He put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them in Laban's sheep. Whenever the stronger sheep mated, Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the sheep in the troughs so they might mate among the rods. But when the livestock were feeble, he did not put them in. So the weaker were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. The man became exceedingly prosperous and he had many sheep and female servants and male servants and camel and donkeys. The story is kind of weird here. It's I mean, some people think it's um, maybe even, yeah, he's doing a bit of controlled breeding, but um, some people have said this is a type of magic, sympathetic magic, they call it. Like uh, you're trying to influence, you, you do some, one thing to try to influence the outcome. Of something else? Um, uh, I don't know if it's magic. I think he's actually kind of displaying some science uh, that whatever the yeah. animals are able to see, because um, I think that tells them the environment that they're in. Mm. So in a sense, mm. they're uh, camouflaging themselves with whatever they see. Um, I think that happens in the yeah. and happens on the land. So I think this is a very big clue on how to do selective breeding for certain things. I'm sure if somebody tried it today, I bet you it'd work. Uh, you know, if they did it the same way like he did it. But we but, do see in chapter 31, it, it actually is explained how the results came about. Oh, right. So I, I would almost compare to this to the mandrake root thing. The mandrake, the uh, they're kind of trying to influence the outcome of a certain thing using uh human you know relying on in human beings without god we have to resort to pharmacia and magic to try to get some kind of or technology right technology is a kind of magic if you think about it right? well yeah um, i mean i mean not not to just say oh if it's good or bad or not it's just it is 
people like we do there's amazing things we can do uh with technology that would be called a miracle back then you know what i mean oh i'm sure um, if I mean, they saw anything that we do now they would call it they would call it magic yeah because they but don't I, understand how it works you know but uh but i think also in what he was doing he wasn't all he did was simple a twig that he carved up this stripes or speckles so i think there's something to it uh, although god is the one that blesses him with everything but there is a little bit of um, science in it too i only because i think of like how the animals camouflage you know they're like uh yeah. and other whatever they see they yeah. camouflage and then even rabbits i've seen them camouflage like if they're in the mountains with all the snow they'll turn white um, just and he was a, this was his job he he's been working now with these animals for like, like uh yeah. 20 years or something yeah. so he maybe uh maybe he's kind of almost like a zoologist at this point so maybe he knows what he's doing um but did it you know and and there's a certain amount of uh, you know if you're breeding he, he, you know all farmers are really practicing controlled breeding to a yeah. certain degree right so uh you know yeah, yeah. i think farmers are really good at um, saving seeds and then doing all crossbreeding stuff for better crops. So it's mm. the same thing. I don't know if that's all magic, really. It's just the way God allows it to work. Um, do you want to yeah. read this chapter? Just the last one for today? Yep, sure. All right. So uh, 31 now, Jacob heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's and he has gotten all this wealth from what was our father's. Whoa. <laughs> refresh itself. Jacob, Jacob saw the look of Laban and saw he was not congenial toward him as before. Uh -oh. And then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers, to your family, and I will be with you. So it's so, time to get out of Dodge. Yeah, but he kind of screwed him over anyway with all this reading of weaker blocks versus the stronger ones what was he expecting to happen you know like his yeah he almost uh yeah he, he's he's gotten uh he, he should have left a long time ago it almost yeah. seems like you know what i mean and it wasn't he wasn't he supposed to go there and find a wife and then come back it wasn't that the original yeah. mission it was like go go to this land and find a wife and then come back yeah I think that's what his father told him to do, but he's right. taking his time coming back. <laughs> well, because he had to keep working for Rachel. He's been there 20 years, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that yeah. it took that time to get his woman. Um, yeah. <laughs> and all these kids, all these children. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so verse 4. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field where his flock was, and said to them, I see your father's demeanor, that it is not congenial toward me as before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that with all my strength I have served your father. Your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said the speckled will be your wages, then all the flock produced speckled. If he said the striped will be your pay, then all the flock produced striped. Okay, so here, here's where he explains what happened. In this way, God has taken away 
your father's flock and give them, given them to me. Yeah, God has. So like he's blessed. Like he's like, uh, you know, God is. Uh, he has. He's blessed by God, and then it's uh, making Laban, and you know, angry basically, and um, taking away his flocks. So Laban's trying to deceive him, but yet God is protecting. That was kind of his judgment because he took his wages 10 times. And I'm sure he had a very harsh life there to work for 20 years. And all I'm sure yeah. God saw all that stuff that happened and allowed him to live there for that time. But now he realizes that it was God who's had to protect him from Laban. And Laban is getting his judgment. So all is fair in love and war. Yeah. Um, all right. Ten. When the livestock conceived i lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream that the male goats mating with the flock were striped speckled and spotted the angel of god spoke to me in a dream saying jacob and i said here i am he said now lift up your eyes and see all the male goats which mate with the flock are striped speckled and spotted for i've seen all that laban has done to you i am the god of bethel where you anointed the, anointed the pillar where you vowed a vow to me now arise and get out of this land and return to the land of your family. So God was intervening in this uh, breeding of the, uh, yeah. the livestock, sounds like to me. So it doesn't matter what he did with the popular thing? The way Maybe God was helping him out. It's like, like he was trying to do something. I don't know if that would work or not, or if that really influenced. It was all, maybe, maybe God was looking down. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You know, I'll... I'll I'll do it. You know, I'll, I'll make sure it works out. Um, you know, it's hard to tell really. Well, why um, you, I'm, just, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not a farmer. So I don't know if that's a thing that people do or not. You know, if God was the one that's helping him, why didn't he just ask for like perfect goats and lambs without all the speckles and spots and stuff? That would be too, too easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it wouldn't be a story, I guess. But now it would be too fast and too easy. Yeah. 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 God, God's in no rush to establish his kingdom, it seems like. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could take a billion years, couldn't he? To get to could. Could. the sands of the sea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like God God has a lot of patience. Oh, yes. You he know? does. It's the, um, the ones we don't have patience. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so verse 17, then Jacob rose up and set his sons and wives and camels. Then he carried away all his livestock and all his good, which he had obtained, his acquired livestock, which he had gotten in Padan Aram, in order to go to Isaac, his father, in the land of Canaan. So Isaac's been waiting for like uh, 20 years for him to come back. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he's going to come back with, with like uh, a whole lot of other people. When Laban went to shear his sheep, Rachel stole the household idols uh -oh. that were these that were his father's. Um, okay, I'll finish the paragraph and we can maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Jacob also deceived Laban, the Syrian, by not telling him that he was fleeing. So Jacob fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river and headed toward the mountains of Gilead, where Gilead is the name of the King, the uh, tyrannical empire of the of the Handmaid's Tale. By the way, yes, I want to watch this so badly now. I that's a good show. Actually, it's really well made, and it's about the United States becomes a uh, tyrannical dictatorship, 
uh, in the, because of a fertility crisis. Like we, the people cannot have babies anymore, which is going to surprisingly happen. enough. And yeah, um, so, so they have to like re. It's like a crisis, you know, like a like like what's that thing they talk about nowadays? The uh, climate change and all the all oh, the yeah. you know the, <laughs> the pestilence. It's it's one of these uh, crises, and then the government has to become tyrannical in yeah. order to save in, for the greater good, you know. And, uh, yeah, and they, it's pretty. They show how it happens. It's very realistic because, like, they show it. You know, like some of these dystopian shows. Some some of it's like science fiction. It some of it doesn't seem so realistic. But this is this is like wow. This is actually kind of what's happening now. It's very realistic the way you know they present weird? it. I saw that show at least the first season before 2020. I, I think it came out before that, right? So in that show, they had it like an overnight change where all the government policies literally just changed while she was working in her workplace. And they took yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So like yeah. just going one day and, and then the next day, like they're now being all these handmaidens. That's stuff. what happened to me. That that happened to me at my workplace. Yeah. One day, they, everything they just shut it all down. Right. So that is... Like it must have known that that event could happen like that, and then all of a sudden, twenty twenty kind of triggered it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Talking about Gilead. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, you know, there's a pharmaceutical company, Gilead. I think it was yeah. even with the twenty twenty stuff that they got some contracts. Gilead is a place, the mountains of Gilead. Mountains of Gilead. Yeah. Well, I think I think that show just they chose that name for the for the tyrannical for the nuke. They basically changed. The United States changed its name to Gilead. Yeah, right. the United States is gone. There, maybe there's a small remnant of like rebels, you know, but uh, the United States became a tyrannical dictatorship and changed the name to Gilead. And these guys are kind of like, it's like an Old Testament cult. They're almost like uh, Torah roots. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, they, they, they kinda, but they kind of admit even in the show that they, they just use that religion as a as a, as a kind of a cover story just for power, you know, to take power oh, yeah. as, as what, what does happen, right. With religion quite often, the, it's just a, a cover story to, to, to take Apparently, power. Uh, medicine is now the cover story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the false signs and wonders, you know, false yeah. signs and wonders are false, uh, false pandemics, you know? So, um, yeah, so uh, Gilead, and so, so they chose that name in the in the story. I think because they're talking about the, the handmaids. You know, we just yeah. we just read about a bunch of handmaids. And, oh, yeah, so um, you think and, the whole show is really based on this chapter and the previous chapter? They they actually read they read passages from this part of the Bible in in this in the show. Huh. Oh yeah, yeah. They read the Bible a lot in that show. But it's like like it's like this uh, evil fundamentalist uh, tyrannical take on. How many on, seasons on it, you are know there? I mean? Like, how many have you watched? Right? I think it's about five or six. I don't even think it's finished yet. Um, See, it's I pretty love interesting. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I oh, was addicted yeah. to the first season, but then I think they changed where you couldn't get access to it anymore. So the first oh, season yeah. was available. So I, I wasn't able to follow. There's it. a book. It's a it's a book by. Uh, Somebody I forget the name, but who uh, writes a lot of this dystopian stuff in these stories? So it's a, it's an old book, yeah. and um, and these stories are kind of quite often you know it may be a kind of blueprint actually 
Um, so what happens I mean, by season five? Like, what are they up to now? So, well, I'm not going to give that away. <laughs> a little bit because I want to know what's because what's have I saw the season one where they were all like tyrannical control. I think season two I was only able to watch the beginning where she ran away to some outskirt village, maybe Canada, right? She probably went to Canada. Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. Canada was the land of freedom that they could escape to. And then by season five, what's the, like the big thing that they're doing now? I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. Ah, <laughs> you have to share the good stuff. You're going to have to watch it. You're going to have well, to. Well, I it. would if I. Knew but it does. It does relate to what we're reading. Yeah. Yeah. It relates well, totally to what we're reading. Now you're going to make me hunt for it to figure out where to watch it. All right. So. All right. So. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. The the household idols. Oh yeah. Um. What ver okay, so uh, the household idols, it depends on the translation you use. So they're basically, uh, they're like the garden gnomes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, they were used, but they're religious things. So they're um, they're just, you know, idols of, of God. People would, would use these for like good luck and stuff like that. Right? Well, yeah, um, actually, because like in the East, there are idols everywhere in every house. So yeah. Like even my parents and other Indian households, they actually have a lot of idols. So they'll either have like little statues or a picture of their God. And then I always get upset with all of them. Like, why do you put your gods in closet? Because they kind of create a little altar for them. But most likely they put them like in far off place where you have to actually get to like a closet or something like that. So yeah. it's very important to them, these guys. It doesn't matter what they're made of. Like it could be wood, uh, stone, um, whatever, gold, silver. Um, and they're prized possessions for them because they're actually worshiping them for whatever prayers that they have. So I think what Rachel was doing was she was probably worshiping them too. I bet she probably had prayers about children wanting children ah, yeah but even yeah, that's a good point her. but i think i think maybe maybe they were worth money as well because they um they were kind of uh they didn't you know they the father wasn't really taking care of them jacob they didn't really get a dowry jacob uh yeah. was didn't it doesn't sound like jacob was really getting paid he was uh you know he maybe has some wealth now but um or maybe they're just angry at the father you know it's like uh, revenge um we're not really told exactly why she stole it but there's a verse here uh, can you go to zechariah 10 verse 2 these things are called teraphim actually in, in hebrew uh -huh. teraphim zechariah chapter 10 verse 2 it actually uses the word there that's good that's the way i think they should translate it every time for the household teraphim it's the teraphim idols which they don't need the you know it should just they should just call it for the teraphim speak wickedness and the diviners envision lies they utter false dreams and provide comfort that does not last so the people wander about like sheep they are afflicted because there is no shepherd <laughs> well, doesn't this imply that they're when they worship them they get they speak to them in some way through dreams or whatever isn't that they're what deceived yeah 
Well, you know, what, th again, this is prof this is a pro this is a prophet speaking here, Zechariah. The diviners envision lies. Another way they used to do divination was they would look at the guts of animals, yeah, the liver and stuff like that. So maybe Laban was doing that kind of stuff. So Laban had these teraphim divination. People still practice divination today in various oh, ways, you know. Diviners envision lies. So we know from the previous paragraph that he use divination to get knowledge about God blessing him. They tell false dreams and give, yeah. uh, ESV says, uh, they, uh, <laughs> ESV is pretty good. They, for the household gods, the teraphim, utter nonsense. They utter, they speak nonsense and the diviners see lies. They tell false dreams and give empty consolation. It doesn't last. Um, yeah, it's I like if you go to the the fortune teller. You know what I mean? They and sometimes the demons will show up and uh, give out lies and stuff. You know. So. Well, it does say in one passage later on that all the false gods that they worship are demons that they're actually worshiping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they're actually using these idols as divination, like his father was talking about earlier because she yeah, ends up dying yeah. because of this too because they put a curse yeah. on whoever stole yeah. it yeah yeah there's there's a grateful dead album called uh terrapin station i think it's talking about this they changed the word slightly but it's uh terrapin station so what does the word teraphim mean just idle teraphim it's a hebrew for these this word that uh yeah it's it's, it's a little idle Okay. It's like a little figure, you know, the garden gnome kind of thing. And, and he, where I live, there everybody has them. It could be an animal. It could be in a human form, but they're usually quite small. So do you think those figurines, um, do, do you think they have to be like a graven image or could it be any figurine? Like lumped in all together that are considered. Well, it's, I think it depends on the use, the 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 purpose of it. I don't think it's saying any like these these. If you saw these, you would know this is something used for divination, for oh, good okay. luck, even at the very least, just, you know, for health. They used to do the uh, rabbit's foot lucky charm. Remember? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the teraphim basically. Uh -huh. Yeah, I would I would say so. So anything like that today would be considered. I think it's it's the object, and it's also the way people use the object. It's an object for that purpose, uh, for the purpose of divination. You know, if I mean, it doesn't mean every statue in the world is a teraphim or every little thing. As far as that, it depends on how it's used and the purpose so like of it. But these have, are specifically made for this purpose. So if you have like anything uh, figurines in your house as decorations, they don't count, right? Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, depends on just how, depends on how extreme you want to take it. You know, I guess uh, there may be the temptation to try to uh, use them as an idol. You know what I mean? Mm, um, but yeah. but but a figurine in and of itself is is if you're not using it as an idol, then it's not an idol. And if it's not made to be an idol, if it's just a decoration. Yeah. It's probably okay. You know, it's probably okay. I um, used to have like this metal cross in a box. It was just decoration, but I thought about it. Like, I, if there's any significance to having crosses in your house, then that also becomes idle, doesn't it? Well, you know, there's a lot of debate on that. Uh, yeah. Even the with the first commandment or the first or the second commandment is, uh, you know, do make do not make these images. But but I think part of it is do not make I images used for div divination. Right. So uh, you know that's right. yeah, it's something uh, something to yeah. consider and. and
look into further, I think, is to... Okay. Um, anyway, so that's the teraphim. Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. He took his kinsmen with him and pursued him for seven days until he caught up with him in the mountains of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said to him, Take care that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. Then Laban overtook Jacob. Well, that's interesting. So God came to Laban in a dream again, somehow. So this is Laban the Syrian. So he was in Syria? His mountains of Gilead in Syria? Well, he's from Syria. Yeah, it's north of Jerusalem, about an hour and a half. Yeah, so he's from there. Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent on the mountain. And Laban, with his kinsmen, pitched in the mountains of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, What have you done that you have stolen away without my knowing and carried away my daughters like captives taken by the sword? Why did you flee away secretly and sneak away from me and not tell me? I would have sent you away with joy and with songs, with the tambourine and harp. It's probably a lie, right? He would not have done that. Nope. And why did you not permit me to... seven years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? You have acted foolishly in so doing. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, Take care that you not speak to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you surely have gone away because you long desperately after your father's house. Yet why have you stolen my teraphim? That word there is teraphim. I don't know why they translate it as uh, God's. I mean, you would kind of get what they're talking about here, but uh, the the images of a God, you know, it's teraphim is what it is in Hebrew. Because modern English version doesn't comment. It just uses the same, whatever it says in King James, it just kind of modernizes it. So what what verse was that? I want to check to see if they use God's too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most English translations will say that. Uh, ESV says that as well. Why did you steal my God's? Okay. But it's uh, let me let me check the uh, the Hebrew is uh, Theos, my gods. Yeah, Greek says my my gods. Oh. Maybe that's what he said because people would call it. Um, but sometimes it's gods. But they're still they're talking about teraphim, right? The idols. The idols. Yeah. So they're talking about those idols. Yeah. But that's what he said. So he said, "Why did you steal my gods?" Right. Actually, well, in this idols case, are gods to them. Right? But sometimes they translate the word teraphim as gods. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're little statues of gods, basically. Uh, it's just kind of funny. When, like, why have you stolen my gods? Like, a real god cannot be stolen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> his, his images. Yeah. You'd be surprised because I have those kinds of people in my household. To them, like, I try to tell them, like, you know, the gods that you worship, they control them. So, like, Laban is like, he thinks he can control his gods, where he's getting some sort of divination knowledge from them, lies, wicked things that speaks to them. But yet they're in charge of their God. It's not the God where the God is in charge of them. And that's the difference that I see over and over because their gods, you can carry them, you can make them, you can hide them. It's not the bigger God that has power over them or us. So I see it in the same way. Yeah. Then Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. But anyone with whom you find your gods, let him not live. In the presence of our kinsmen, point out what I have that is yours and take it. For Jacob did not know 
that Rachel had stolen them. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the two female servants' tents, but he did not find them. Then he went out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols, the teraphim, and put them in the camel's saddle and sat on them. Laban searched the entire tent but could not find them. She said to her father, let not my Lord be displeased that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of women is on me. So he searched, but he did not find the teraphim or the, the household idols. So even though they're so, calling uh, their gods, she sat on her gods. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of... Now here, here the Hebrew is teraphim, but ESV calls it the household gods. Yeah. But yours so says I, I, household idols is probably a better translation there. But uh, the ESV says the household gods again, even though the Hebrew is teraphim. You know, um, the other contrast here, it shows that Leah worshipped the, the god, but Rachel was worshipping the idols. So there's that. Maybe. Well, I don't know if she's worshipping them. Other than I don't know. maybe still. I don't think it says that. Something. I mean, you could guess that. I mean, I don't know if that really says that unless it says it later on. She took, she stole them, that's for sure. Yeah. I think also Laban needs them. He's dependent on them, right? Yeah. He needs those, like without those those uh, teraphim, he's lost. Yeah, isn't that what the other verse that you've mentioned in Zechariah says that they're... Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he, he wants to be deceived by the demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, right? Yeah. That, that's his God. That's, those right. are his gods. He's got his gods. He's got gods, but they're, they're false gods. And he, he likes those false gods, even though now yeah, Yahweh's talking to him. That's always a weird part. Like you heard from the real God, but yet you're still acknowledging the false idols. Does he not know the difference at that He's point? He's human. It's human nature. His heart is evil. Right. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. He chose the earthly way of getting what he wants. Yeah. People yeah, he's like he's that. addicted to uh, sin. Yeah, people are addicted to sin. You know, really. And I think sometimes because they just don't know any better. I think you have to be taught the word of God. He's a deceiver. He is. So he he is a deceiver, right? And his he's relies on these deceiving demons through these uh, these divination and sorcery, magic, witch uh, witchcraft. Yeah. And he was mean to Jacob. This is a cult. These days we would call this a, a, a cult practices, right? Yeah. I've heard a lot of these like celeb like rock stars and stuff. They they openly just they openly oh, yeah. admit they practice divination. Yeah. In fact, a lot of them came sorcery. out. They're really into it. Do you know the superstar, the football guy and his wife? She openly said Tom Brady? Yeah. Tom Brady and his husband? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. But he, she openly said that they do these divination oh, yeah. rituals. She's yeah, a witch. Totally. She said she's a good witch. He, that yeah. prays for him to have win all the games. Exactly, and even the uh, be, be, being an being androgynous like that is a type of uh, right. sorcery and magic I witchcraft. They're yeah. told to do that. Like they feel like it's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, they're, yeah. they they they're changed like that as children. They're born into it to a certain degree, I think, and uh, yeah. I think a lot of them are born into it, and they're changed. They're maybe even created to be like that. I mean, that's a whole different uh, issue that you can't even talk about anymore on YouTube. But uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, people are people are yeah, people are born into certain cults, 
or religion or whatever it is you're born into certain you're everyone's born into a certain situation and um, yeah and what i see now yeah. is all the pagan religions that the ancient ones are really just spread out in all these different forms so like whatever they're doing they're essentially practicing their little gods that they gathered i'm sure you look at the album covers too like album yeah. covers always have these false gods on the on the album cover, you know, yeah. or these angelic figures, you know, with the wings. I was just reading Ezekiel today, and uh, just the first few chapters, it talks about the uh, the the divine being, you know, the angelic beings who have uh, human faces, four yeah. faces, in fact, and then they have two sets of wings, four wings total. So, you, but you get these these winged. Uh, you know, so the fallen angels also have these kind of wings and human faces and all that stuff. Don't you so. think they're just worshiping fallen angels? All these different ultimately, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. yeah that that they came to Earth and they uh, corrupted people and they they uh, were worshipped as gods. That's kind of like the you know the Greek mythology and all that stuff. That those are actual yeah. fallen angels, I think. And yeah, uh, and like yeah. Dinah or what's her name? All the Greek gods. Um, they also sound Diana, like, Inanna, yeah. Apollo. All the superhero movies are based Artemis. on those characters. Yeah, Wonder Woman is Artemis and Inanna. Yeah, yeah the superheroes are the Greek, are fallen angels. They're the Greek gods, the demigods yeah. and the Nephilim and all that stuff. It's the same stuff. And people idolize these movie stars and these characters, Iron Man, you know, all these guys. They're all based on Greek mythology. Which is uh, which is the uh, fallen angels coming to earth yeah. as gods? So I finally figured out that all these religions that worshiping all these ancient fallen angels, they probably had some real superhuman powers that got memorialized yeah. in text and religions and stuff. Well, they taught people the pharmacia. They taught people how to, a lot of technology and, yeah. you know, kind of they taught people how to kind of manipulate nature to a certain, uh, to get as much, uh, you know, power out of it as they can. And then yeah. there's some, some things, they, they, there's some supernatural stuff they can do as well. Like Egypt had their magicians. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not as powerful as God, but they, they have some kind of supernatural power, it seems like. There's yeah, something to it, but we're not supposed to do all that. Yeah, and, and all the gods of India, they're all fallen angels as well, yeah. you know. Like the four oh. faces, that's Brahma. There's statues of Brahma everywhere I go around here, and there's yeah. the four faces. Like There's like, what, eight arms or six arms or whatever, and sometimes there's an elephant face, and that's another one of their gods. And, they, you know, yeah. they got the androgynous gods with half and half, you know, and then they got the uh, Shiva and all these guys. They're, there's statues of them everywhere because people pe people think that there's little, like, uh, spiritual beings that that, 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 that they're, they're everywhere. And so if they you get, are, if you buy a house, for example, there yeah, if you have a house, you have to put a little spirit house there because to, to, to make sure to get favor with that that angel or whatever they want to call it, you know, it does work. I mean, the, it does have a lot of demonic powers. I, I know this firsthand, <laughs> but that we could talk about that some other day. Those little gods, the little statues and idols everywhere. It's not just India, it's in China, South America, all the way, all the Europeans, they had their gods like Thor. Thor is probably one of the fallen angels. That they oh, yeah, it's the same. They're the same ones. They just go by different names. Yeah. 
So but they're I, not they're not even really different ones. They're just the same God that go they go by d- different names. But I'm thinking the fallen angels must have had come to all these different tribes and nations in their whatever form. And I think there actually probably was a Thor like fallen angel and Shiva like a fallen angel. I don't think it's just one. I think they're all going to um, come back. The demons became like without the bodies, but in the time that they were allowed to live um, before the flood, they were probably like all of those figures that were happening everywhere, like these superhuman, like all the Greek gods, I'm sure yeah. they all existed. Well, some of them are were put in the abyss and in, in, into a yeah. prison, into Tartarus. Some of them I think will never get out. Some well, of the, yeah, some, God, God lets out some of the deceiving demons at the end, but I think some of them will never get out and they'll just be destroyed at the end. I hope they're, so. They're under the, uh, yeah, they're under the uh, authority of God, really. Anyway, they kind of always have been. Yeah, anyway. because he created all creatures on everywhere, so he's responsible. Yeah. He can control all of them. Um, but that doesn't stop all people right. from doing what they're doing. I think they're trying to bring back with all the technology that they're creating, somehow find that seed, the Nephilim seed, and then use that to bring back the gods. They already have. They're yeah. doing this already. Yeah. All right. So where were we? I think you were reading. Oh, who's reading? Am I reading? Oh, I'm reading again. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. I was reading. 36. Then Laban. Then Jacob became angry and berated Laban, and, J- and Jacob asked Laban, what is my offense? What is my sin that you have so hotly pursued after me? You have searched all my things, and yet what have you found of all your household things? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen, so that they may judge between us both. This 20 years I have been with you, your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried their young, and the male goats of your flock I have not eaten. That which was torn by beasts, I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it. You required it from my hand, whether it was stolen by day or stolen by night. It was like this with me. In the day, the heat consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. I have been 20 years in your house. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, surely you you would have sent me away empty now. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Laban answered and said to Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks, and all that you see is mine. He's also talking about his grandchildren, right? Who is... uh, Jacob's children are his children, he's saying. Yeah, he's like saying these 12 patriarchs are mine. Right. Are they his stuff? No. No, they're gods. A lot of them came from the barren women that God well, yeah, in their wombs, right? So. Did them. But I mean, as, as a family, does it all belong to the highest patriarch? Well, he could probably say that, yeah, from a legal standpoint. Yeah. Um, although, really, at some point, you got to think that the father has some rights over his children maybe right. more than the grandfather he's the pa- he's the patriarch yeah he's the leader of that clan so in a way he might be right you know or at least that's how he sees it uh, legally maybe he is maybe that was the law at that place at that time 
Um, Everything that belongs in his household is his. Yeah, yeah, it was his uh, farm, right? They all worked for him. And he wanted these children to work for him as well, probably, right? Yeah. Labor. Uh, but what can I do this day to my daughters or to their children whom they have born? Now, therefore, come, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be as a witness between you and me. He's kind of He kind of thinks of everyone there as a slave, so he's losing all his slaves, his slave labor, to a certain degree. Oh, yeah, maybe. because Rachel also tended the flock before she even met. Yeah. How is he going to keep the farm going? Yeah. All the labor is leaving. All right, so Jacob took a stone and set it up for a pillar. Yeah, yeah, he is very selfish. <clears throat> and uh, Jacob said to his kinsmen, gather stones. So they took stones and made a pile, and they ate there on the pile. A little covenant meal. And uh, Laban called it Jegar Sahudutha, but Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, this pile is a witness between me and you this day. Therefore, its name was called Galid and Mizpah, for he said, may the Lord watch between you and me when we are apart from one another. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you take other wives besides my daughters, although no one else is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. So he does keep something about his daughters to prevent him from taking on more lives. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like he has some respect for God who has appeared to him uh, in a dream. You know, he he has a bit of the fear of God, it seems like now. Then Laban said to Jacob, see this pile and see this pillar, which I have thrown between you and me. This heap is a witness and this pillar is a witness so that I will not cross over this pile to you and so that you will not pass over this pile and this pillar to me for harm. The God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, and the God and the God of their father judge between us. Now in the ancient Near East, they, they entered into covenants. That was a part of every society back then. They had covenants, you know, agreements and contracts. It's like a contract. But and they involved pillars. Pillars, right? Yeah, pillars. Uh Jacob had a pillar at, at uh at Bethel, right, at the Jacob's yeah. uh, stairway kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Jacob vowed by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his kinsmen to eat bread. Ah, a little sacrifice, blood, yeah. wine, and bread almost, yeah. right? The second wine. communion. That's pretty interesting. They ate bread and stayed all night in the mountain. Yeah, it's like a, a communion. It's a, yeah. It's a covenant meal. You know, this mountain must have a great significance. Gilead, right? They're still at Gilead. Gil- Gilead Mountain. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Um, a lot of these mountains, you know, mountains are always kind of uh, significant places in the Bible. You know, that's right. they associate that with uh, the heavens and all that stuff. So let me finish this off here. Early in the morning, Laban rose up, kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned to his place. Wow. So finally, well, he's able to go back home. And Laban, Laban, it took it took God, it took the intervention of God really to uh, get Laban's attention. He could have hurt Jacob then, running away with all his stuff. He did listen to God. He took heed, right? And then Jacob got what he wanted: his family and his stuff. Although he's going to lose Rachel later on because she stole his. Yeah. It's really God who, yeah, God arranged the whole thing. It's, you can see how God works through these people, right? Yeah. Um, 
sometimes divine revelation kind of directly or in a dream or something. They're literally told what to do. Story is kind of a little bit of tragedy. Like he's getting all these blessings, but at the same time, he's losing a lot of stuff too. He loved Rachel. He worked so hard to get her. Finally, he's free of all this stuff. But there's still a kink in his story where she steals a god. And then ultimately, he loses her where she's, she doesn't get to grow old with him. And Leah is blessed with all the tribes, the kids that she had. And she's the one who's going to end up staying in the end and finally gets her husband. <laughs> well, you see that uh, maybe maybe Jacob didn't love Leah in the way she wanted to be loved, but God yeah. loved her. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Well, he blessed her. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any New Testament stuff? I think. Or. Oh, not really. Not really with this uh, story. I mean, they do. I think we covered a few things where they talk about Jacob and Isaac, you know, a little bit in some other episodes. We covered a few things. Okay. Um, I don't. I can't. Can you think of anything? Um, not right now. I know we did the Stairway of Heaven. Um, versus yeah yeah that was that was an interesting one um so that's it for today thank you so much i will so, see you tomorrow all right sounds thank good you so much thank you see you later thank you. Bye. bye